Uh, but like under, unlike all the other actor douches I was around, I was like, if you make the techies mad, they'll turn off the lights and leave. Yeah, no, oh, we yeah. will do that. Yeah. So I started learning, hey, man, tell me how the lights work. So when you get pissed off and leave, <laughs> we I can just, somebody show. knows how to fix this shit. That, that was, yeah. Actors are just... Standing We're on props. Stage, no, yeah. lines. Naked in the dark, trying to emote. Uh, That's not actors how Shakespeare are just in the a, park works at all. <laughs> actors are just big piles of hammy douche. <laughs> just every single one. The good ones, the nice people, are the ones who recognize and they're just like, yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's either you know you're a hammy douche or you're in denial and I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. I tried as hard as I could after I switched like originally from doing acting to doing behind the scenes work and still doing both. Every time I was on stage, I did not fucking talk at all until I had to. And then I was like, are we good? Can I go now? (laughs) So I tried like to diplomacy my way through that shit all fucking day. Mm. And it it worked out. Okay. I'm, I'm a shitty ham everywhere that I go. Stage actors. So not honey-baked. What was always fun was uh, at the college I went to, if you were doing, um, if you were acting, you were required to do 40 hours of tech work while you were also performing in the play. That's pretty standard. That's liberal arts. And I was also in a class that required an additional 40 hours of tech work. So That's 80 hours of tech work. That's a shit ton of class hours. Yeah, so I, you know, I was the one that was there until the tech manager left at three o'clock in the morning every night. We did that in high school. Yeah, we did it in high school. We we showed up. Yeah, we showed up. Yeah, like we we had that giant auditorium, so I, like our tech crew showed up before school started, did yeah. stuff. School got out, went immediately to go do more tech crew. Didn't get off until usually midnight, and that's a high school. Like that was, like by the yeah. time I graduated. I was one of three people in ten years who made high honors thespian, which is over two thousand hours. Yeah, I had a similar experience. Uh, I was actually kicked off the play two weeks before showtime. Oh no! Yeah, no, it's actually because like that happened, and then I went and saw the play, saw what we all looked like from the other side. I was like, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> but what, like during rehearsals and whatnot? Um, Don't want to be associated with this. for for weeks. Did not see the sun because we'd roll in before the sun is up, roll out when it's way down, and that was just the one of the most depressing times of senior year. And like I had also just before that started, I had got dumped by my first love. Ooh. So yeah, that was a rough time. I know and this like, feels. The the uh, drama teacher, I I couldn't stand her. She was one of those people where like she she wanted like all of she would have the cool kids. Like all yeah. of my kids are the cool kids, and I want them to like me. Yeah. So I had no respect for her, and she fucking knew it. And <laughs> like she did a bunch of dumb shit, and I was just like, that is some dumb shit. And, <laughs> and so she that's had the this, best explanation. She had this rehearsal scheduled for Saturday, for all day and into the evening Saturday, and I and, and it's like she just sprung this on us. I have something else going. I've got a gig. I'm playing drums at this thing. I can't be there. And I did a shitty teenage thing and, and, and completely rationalized it. It's like, this is how she handles her business. I'm going to tell everybody else, but not her, because I don't want to talk to her, ever. And I'm just going to kind of let her find out. And then I left. And that was it. And I did my thing on Saturday, and I didn't show up for the thing, and I came back. 
and she's like, you, you can't be here anymore. You, you weren't there Saturday. And I said, okay, that kind of sucks, but fine. And I left. And by the time I got home, I was like, you know what? I'm relieved because this is this has been miserable. I have not enjoyed any aspect of this. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, screw her. She's the worst. She's sprung this date on us, and I couldn't make it. And screw that chick. I'm so mad. Months later, it's the summer. I'm cleaning out my room before I move to college, and I find this piece of paper with the with the rehearsal schedule. Mm-hmm. No, that's a piece of paper she handed us the very first day. Here's the rehearsal schedule, and the date was on it. I was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like the date was there way in advance. I knew about it. I could have scheduled around it. I didn't. So like as much garbage as I give this poor woman inside of my head, like the one super teacher competent thing she did was kicking my ass out of that play. <laughs> so the summer uh, after 12th grade, I'm looking at this sheet of paper all alone in my room, and I'm like, oh, well, damn. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I, I, I'm an ass, which is not new information, but she's less of an ass, which is very new information. I owe this poor woman an apology, but it's way too creepy for me to drive out there right now. Never mind. <laughs> did you ever get a chance to reconcile that? Uh, no. Well, like, I, I came to the play... And I went, when it was all over, I went backstage and said, hey, everything looked great. The guy who's filling in for me worked really hard, and, I, and like he's got all that shit memorized. That's good. And I was really impressed with how that guy did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take care. And like she, she had this look like, you you put a bomb in my car, you poisoned my coffee, something's <laughs> happening. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. You made a decision. And at the time, I was like, you, I, I didn't say this to her face. And at the time, I thought she was dumb as hell. It's like, you made a decision that I don't agree with, and I think you're an idiot, but... But it came together. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, like, like we ended on a good note, but just months later, I'm like, fuck, I owe this woman an apology. I'm such an ass. <laughs> and she's so much less of an ass. Damn. When you're wrong and you know it. Yeah. That's uh, every day. Story. Every day. That's how I live my life. Just that's I'm going to get that tattooed somewhere on me. I'm wrong and I know. On that I, note. I'm wrong and I know and I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Name Redacted Podcast. <laughs> I'm Chris Nielsen. I'm Alexander. <clears throat> and I'm Colin Norris. And joining us today with what appears to be an Eggo waffle around his neck. That can't possibly be what that is. Ah, I'm just some fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel uh, Dunstan. That's how you say that, right? I got yeah, right. no, you got that okay. exactly right. Yeah, every single teacher I had first day of school called me Gabrielle. Oh. Let me tell you, sir, fourth and fifth grade were nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> My oh. name's Colin. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you poor bastard. Oh, man. That just uh, for, for the record... And he's got like seven names. <laughs> I've noticed that. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm surprised you said waffle and not waffle fry. I usually get waffle fry. Yeah. And, and uh, my, my favorite I'm not going to talk to you answer is because I'm the Waffle King. <laughs> and then I start singing the Waffle King by Weird Al that nobody else knows. Because it's not on the food album. No, because, because it starts with the words, time to get constipated. Waffle King. Waffle King. <laughs> This is a. I did not eat my weenies. <laughs> this is the only possible way I could think to start our 2017 like schedule of, of guests. <laughs> like this is this is our first official guest of the year. It's the first time we've had yeah. everybody in the same room this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, 
So welcome back, everybody. Brand new year, and we'll call it season 37. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, welcome to season... Uh, and this will be episode... And uh, I'm from. It's all very I, official here. I really think we need to give somebody count how many episodes we've actually done. Well, we lost some of them in in the fucking uh, in the conversion stuff. Like oh, bleeding cool's gone. Gone. And, yeah. Gone gone, gone. gone. Wait, hold on. We can't what? find it. It's an episode we had. We, oh, we, okay. we had a, yeah, we had an episode. I was like, no, that's like, like one of the only places that gave me a review. They're not allowed to go. <laughs> <laughs> they, I still need reviews for the new books. Damn it. <laughs> So, like, I sent out 110 up. emails. They're one of the three that I got back. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts a little bit, but it feels good at the same time. Um, That's what she said. Yeah, but uh, like we we've been uh, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus from uh, doing direct recording to posting. We've we've had some stuff banked, so this is you guys being able to get back into the rhythm the way we're getting back into the rhythm. And so welcome and. Welcome back, I guess. Yeah. All right. Feels yeah. good to be back. It does. I'm happy with it. Have a studio again, too? Yeah. Yeah. Got for the next month. I never went anywhere. <laughs> Where have you people been? <laughs> I've been here the whole time. Uh, so uh, last time um, we got together, we talked a little bit about our NC Comic Con experience. That was real fun. Um, real stoked we got to do that. Uh, Gabriel, actually, if I'm not mistaken, just did uh, an interview with the Joy of Geek. Yes. Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, I'm sorry. I like at this. I I I, I apologize for being mercenary. It's like I've got a Kickstarter to push. I've been on a lot of podcasts. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know which one it was. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. Um, so, NC Comic Con hometown show. Like uh, this, this, this is very sad. This is the first year that I didn't table. Like, I didn't I, even see you there. I I wasn't there. Yeah. I didn't. I I uh, 2016 was a very bad year for me. <laughs> I As for a lot I've of ever people. <laughs> yeah. Um. But like I was at every single NC Comic Con, including their one day proof of. Concept show. Yeah. That was in the um, mall? In the Mooresville yeah. Outlet Mall. Yeah. Like, it was very surreal because, like, my mom wouldn't take me there to shop as a kid because everything's wicked ass cheap and I'm the fifth of five. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting in, in their artist alley looking around, be like, shit, I, I used to get my jeans in here. <laughs> <laughs> like, no joke. The, the, first oh, time, awesome. the first time it was a two day show, my table is directly in front of the dressing room that I used to go into when I was oh, 13. <laughs> So I'm just standing behind there, just like, man, this is weird. I'm just gonna go in the closet for a minute. Start oh, this is this is creepier now. <laughs> Look at me now, ma. <laughs> <laughs> making making booth rent. <laughs> the same place you used to buy me Buster Browns. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I wore bugle boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Somebody threw an Oshkosh Bagosh reference in. I was so I passed by that outlet on my way here. Like <laughs> <laughs> so get the Tangier outlet malls. Like, holy shit, that, that still exists. Congratulations, guys. We hit the no one cares trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, nowhere cares is uh, no one cares is exactly where I live. I make fucking comics. <laughs> oh, shit, right? Oh, I have that in common with you. <laughs> I make comics, and <laughs> is yeah. there a follow up? Or? Uh, no, man. When, when like I'm at a I'm at a party or something. So what do you do? Uh, I don't know how to answer anymore. Like I'm trying to come up with an answer that I'm happy with oh, that also worst. makes them happy, so they walk away. But when I'm like I make comics, oh how fun! So like. <laughs> it's a Have you seen blast. the new such and such movie? Be like, that's not 
That's not the jumping on point for this conversation, and also no. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's, we actually, I think we touched on this a little while ago about like how awkward it is saying what we do because I don't oh, introduce I don't introduce oh, myself by my day job. No, like yeah, me either. Alex, like Alex, what do you do? It's nice to meet you. I'm like uh, podcast and make comics. Oh, so does that treat you pretty well? No, I no. make negative money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to have that conversation. And like it's it's every answer I could give, I feel as though either I'm lying. Or it's just like, I don't want to talk to you, dude. Or Sometimes it's just, it's just boring. Best. Sometimes it's just best. You write comics. Oh, like Batman? Yes, I write Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My name is Jeff Johns. Right. I just introduced myself as Colin Norris. I'm, yes, but I write Batman. The last party I went to, my, my wife is a nurse, so anytime we're getting out and meeting other adults at a party, it's, it's her nurse friends. So, like, when she's out with me at a Comic-Con or whatnot, and we're doing lots of deep nerd comics talk, and... Uh, she's just kind of sitting there. They're like, "Oh, poor Megan." I'm like, "No, no, no." <laughs> my, you my wife, give her pity. My wife works on labor and delivery. Okay, when we're out with her work friends, I hear about exploding vagina. That's a thing. <laughs> Vaginas explode. It's not common, but it happens. And every time it happens, I find out. <laughs> She doesn't send you, like, pictures or anything. Huh? Not no. of the vagina when it explodes. But the aftermath. But there's there's pictures. Oh, God. Uh, Start like, like, like 24, 23. For the record, before anybody gets arrested, pictures that are already on the internet, that's like, no, this demonstrates what happens, so there's Yeah, no, we're not no, violating any HIPAA. No rights. HIPAA violations here. So, like, I'm out, I'm out at this party with her friends, and I'm just feeling low because comics and all the other shit I'm doing is not working out. So, what do you do? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So you just know. <laughs> and damn it all, there's this one woman in the room who she's super cool and like she's read some of my stuff. He's like, no, he makes comics. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't you sell me out. Nobody fucking asked you, woman. Yeah, he's like, he makes comics and they're great. That's, you're making it worse. Because <laughs> now they're going to look. No man. All right, my favorite. I I, I love Aqua Teens, and I now own all the DVDs, and I marathon that shit while I'm inking, and I'll listen to the commentary. And yep. Dave Willis, one of the creators, has, he's got one of this this perfect explanations. He's like, you know, almost everybody who writes at Adult Swim is a freelancer of some kind. Their show gets picked up, and then when their show gets dropped, they're gone. Yeah. I want like because I'm so early on, I'm on salary. Uh, Time Warner owns me. So, when I'm at a party or something, uh, I don't have to say I make cartoons. Oh, when do I get to see your cartoons? <laughs> Are you awake and watching Cartoon Network at 11 o'clock at night? No, then fucking never, dude. Yeah. And then, <laughs> the, the worst thing that could possibly happen is they stay awake, they watch my cartoon, and then they see me again. Because then they're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Was that a meatball talking to me? Or was it like a patty on its side? <laughs> in context. In context. Aquatine Hunger Force to someone who's never seen it before and is now seeing it and now relating it to a person that creates that show has to be super off-putting. Like, has yeah. to be in go like, so that's what you do? Yeah, exactly. They have no idea that other people watch it. They like, have no idea. The worst possible so, outcome is one of these squares watches his show, sees him again, and just gives him that... So you get paid for this shit. Yeah, but that's when you just point him outside and it's like, do you see that Lexus? Uh, no. That's what the french fry and the meatball got. <laughs> Dude's on salary. He's not driving a Lexus. Um, so what he does now is he says, what do you do for a living? I work at Turner Broadcasting. Yep. Conversation yeah. stopper. Yep. He's like, I think of the most boring way that I can give you, but I do boring thing at boring place. Suck it. <laughs> I, I have actually, I've narrowed it down now to when, when people ask me, I go, uh... Like, basically, I'm just an artistic creator. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to do that because that's way too open-ended. They're like, oh, let me see some of your artwork. Fuck you. See, and that's the thing is then they're like, well, what does that entail? I'm like, I write things down. 
Yeah. And they're like, well, can I see someone? No. <laughs> you can't. Why? I could. Because I, you didn't sign a contract to see it. That's why. Uh, because I don't have my fucking iPad on me because I'm out at a bar. And, uh, or I, I, I do this. It's like, because my book is 15 bucks, asshole. Do you have 15 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> or what my favorite is like, well, I mean, why, why is it? Why is your business so rough? It's like, ha- have you read any of my comics? That's why. <laughs> now, let me try this again. Like, uh, when, oh, I love comics. Really? You love comics? When's the last time you bought and read a fucking comic book never they were always bought for you when you were a kid yeah you don't love it's okay it's okay as soon as you spend not as soon as you spend non fucking like non mommy daddy money as soon as you spend like non uh, or or even worse or even worse you don't like comic books you like superhero movies yeah yeah and that's okay and that's that's okay okay. (laughs) just don't fucking lie to yourself because then you'll lie to me and I don't appreciate it person like a friend that I went to college with that goes oh I love Superman he's never read the comic books and up until uh whatever the one that was Man of right Steel before yeah Man of, up until Man of Steel came out he'd never seen a Superman movie he just likes see, a Superman shirt. See, here's no, no, no. Here's the thing: Pretty is that we, we, that's I, what I, I always want to go. It's like I kind of want to be a gatekeeper about it and be like, "Oh, really? Superman for all seasons, or more like Jeff John's Superman?" See, I actually no, I just I, watched them pale over. I gatekeepered somebody about this at a party that me and Niels were at years ago. You guys are the worst. No, I'm like, I, I'm no, 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 unintentionally, <laughs> because I was having a legitimate fucking comic book conversation with a friend of mine who was a Marvel person, and at the time I was much more DC. And, like, I was talking to him about it, and I was talking about all the different things, and then, like, a guy comes over, and like you do when you're some fucking douchebag <laughs> who wants to be part of a cool nerd conversation, because nerd's in now, you didn't get the fucking memo. Like, actual nerds will never be in. We no. are unpleasant no. people. We're, we're, yeah. You don't want to be around us. We, we rarely shower. We and are when we so do, anal it's not a whole about so. dumb shit. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, we're four nerds. Talking shit about other people on a podcast. Yeah, like no and shit. This is the content that we create. Yeah, oh. this is, this is the part you get to hear. Yeah. I, for the record, I'm not trying to talk shit. I'm just I was like, I oh, I'm alone all the time, or, <laughs> or I'm with a little girl of like, oh, there's people in this room and they actually get it. Yeah. Oh, let me vent. Oh, this is so beautiful. Yeah. See, and that's the thing is that like this happened, and this guy walks over to you, want to be part of the conversation and shit, because everybody at the time, because Iron Man had just come out. It was fucking killing, or it was a couple years after that. The but first, still, the first Iron Man. I like it was a couple years. I think it was around the second time, the I second mean, Iron Man. Okay. But like we were at this party and like talking and shit, and this dude comes up, and like we were talking about our favorite, our, our favorite comic book characters and shit, and I'm mentioning Black Adam, which this fucking idiot has no idea who I'm talking about. No, I don't. And know then he was like, he's like, I love Superman, and I'm like, why? I just straight up one one fucking <laughs> word question will put somebody on the fucking spot when they talk about some shit they don't know about. Why? Um, that's why I say uh, I don't like Superman because it's like you know, there's no reason to like the guy. No, there really <laughs> is. That's, that's the yeah, that's the trick question, right? Like yeah. why? Uh, See, I, I won't, I won't do does. that to somebody. I, I um, like I will ask somebody what their favorite books are, and if I have any thing to add to that. Yeah, I will certainly give them a. I try to a, be. A reading I just. List I try to be nice about I it. I don't have the energy to be that douchebag anymore. Somebody walks up yeah. to me. I like Superman. Good for you, man. Yep. Good for you. Yeah. Man. No. I mean, I like talking to people. I, if I, I, I accidentally shut people down because I get excited about stuff and then they're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. What I'm like, I oh, dude, did like this last night, dude, just like uh, if if you're interested, which clearly you are, because you said Superman's your favorite and you have no context for it, like you check out All Star Superman. It's yeah. Good. It's fun. 
You know, like do the Superman out, for all seasons is really good. Uh, yeah. Check out any Superman where he loses his mind and goes fucking crazy in an alternate reality and kills everybody. That shit is the best <laughs> Superman. And I will totally admit that every Superman story that I personally connect with is when he has just lost his fucking mind and he now wants to be dictator of, of, of Earth. See, that I'm, shit is awesome. I'm the opposite. The only time Superman is interesting is A, when he's a lighthearted cartoon character. Yes, you like Big Blue Boy yeah. Scout. Yeah, Big or, Blue Boy Scout's okay. Or B, when he and Batman are butting heads. Yeah. And what bothers me about the way that they're written is that now they're always butting heads. It's like, no, no, no. They're friends. These guys are friends. There's a lot of respect there. When they butt heads, it's interesting because watching... Because it's 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 an actual dichotomy. It's breaking from the norm, whereas they're usually buddy-buddy, but at this point, they're diametrically opposed. And and that's called a conflict, which is the basis of a story. And it's... it's, there's an (laughs) Brought to you by Colin Norris. (laughs) I'm just saying, there's an emotional No, 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 I agree, which is There's something tragic about people who, like, the reasons I like you are because... Of the differences that we have, but then the differences start to grate, and it's just yeah. ah, like like the the only reason Bane is an interesting character and why the third movie is a piece of shit mm, is like the good. animated series was pitch perfect from the word go because the thing that makes Bane strong is literally the thing that's killing him, yeah. and the way Batman beats him is to turn it to eleven, yeah. like oh this thing is also killing you, boop. But the thing that, honestly, in my opinion, what makes Bane really interesting is he is a legitimate match for Batman intellectually. That's that, what makes him interesting. I'll take your word on it. See, I always, I always thought he was just like, I mean, he's smart enough. He's not enough. a meathead. No, I no, always no. thought he he's was smart fucking, enough, he's but brilliant. he's not a meathead. He's brilliant. Yeah, but yeah, it's, he's a brilliant that, tactician. That's yeah. what makes him interesting to me, too, because he's the one, if I'm not mistaken, that created the Venom serum in the first yeah. place, right? Well, uh, uh, it's, a, it's an adaptation that he long, did. I could okay. go yeah. into it. It's okay. the only kind of... But in certain interpretations, he does. So, like, that's the kind of level of intellect that Bane's working with. He also took over and runs La Prisa now. Yeah. Like that prison. Like Santa that Prisca is, is, oh, is Santa Prisca is is where he comes from, which is a a prison state island that he has taken over, and he's so bored with being a dictator there that he's like, I heard this Batman guy is kind of challenging. Let me go fuck with him. And that and shit, his merry band of mercenaries. Yeah, and he goes and he legitimately puts it to Batman's ass. Right, like, and that's he was the bored. thing. Yeah, which like and like let's be honest here. A meathead that's just a meathead does not pose a fucking challenge for bats. Mm. He just doesn't. Period. But when you put a guy who's basically like Andre Android the Giant, like mm. with, on fucking steroids, that is coming in with with brilliant tactician <laughs> ability, like Jesus fucking Christ, how are you going to compete with that when the guy is on your level? Mm. So yeah, like. <laughs> Android, Andre the Giant. Yeah, yeah. Android, I'm, Android the Giant. Yeah, I, I'm frankly astounded that the, there was no stutter there. Like, that was incredible. Andre, and Android Giant. <laughs> that was impressive. So, but like, and that's the thing is that like the dude is legit. Like the actual, he's he's an intellectual match and more physically capable than Batman. That's why he's interesting to me, at least. Yeah. yeah. So, but um. But no, like it's. I actually, I ended up yesterday accidentally just running over a conversation with uh, with two with my two roommates on the porch because uh, we started talking about like my comic thing and like artist rates and all this other stuff and, and shit like that. And I started getting into industry stuff and like not even realizing it, I just completely alienated them from the conversation. Yeah, that's how I live most of my life. Yeah, and, and yeah, I don't just know. alienating everyone. <laughs> and it's 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 the it's the tragic nerd. It's like, "No, I want to connect, please." 
damn it. Well, that's the thing yeah. is they fucking asked and then they didn't realize that they didn't remember who I am. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the worst. It's like, no, you asked, but you asked. Yeah. I yeah. have the information and yeah. it is extensive. Well, and I, it, it, I do that and he's like, no, I just want like the Clipped summary. answers, yeah. Give me, give me the clip yeah. notes, not... And I'm like, but you need the details. Yeah, you need, you need the context. No, for me, for me, it's like, no, interrupt me and tell me just the cliff notes. I'll give them to you. You have to interrupt me. Don't just shut down and walk away. Yeah. Please, yeah. I want to be friends. That goes back to the what do you do Love for a living me. thing. Because I, I always get say, that where it's just, just like, well, how do you make money doing that? And it's like, well, you know, this is like brand synergy and you do this I, thing over here. <laughs> Whenever somebody asks me what I do for a living anymore, I just say dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's just oh, game. Just nice little back row. Don't don't sell yourself short, man. You are somebody. Yeah, a dumpster fire. <laughs> a, a somebody named Colin Dumpster Fire Norris. I'm starting to go with. Um, I'm just working towards a workplace injury lawsuit. Oh yeah, that's, that's the place that we work for yeah, sure. I like that. We actually were waiting uh, on Friday night for the AC unit that was just draining water onto the floor. That's sitting thirty feet above us. Yeah. That is the size of your a normal nursery room. No, I know exactly the yeah. kind of unit you're talking about. We uh, have one of those on the roof of my church. So we're waiting for this to just collapse, and I'm standing five feet from it because I'm like, man, if this thing goes down, if I catch shrapnel on the shoulder, I'm set for the next ten years. Yeah. So. And everything we ever need is funded. Yeah. So I'm just waiting, and I'm like, please, just drop it. Let me get fucked up. Yeah. Like, let me be able to write. But just so you know, like, like let me. I don't need my legs. I, I don't need like. Look, man, I, I still have my appendix. Go ahead and shred it. <laughs> <laughs> back, back to the what do you do for a living? My wife and I just had a bet. Um, we were at her party. What do you do? I don't. And like, this isn't a joke. I'm this. This past year has just been the nihilist. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Year. That's my attitude now, and it surprisingly uh, helped to keep me out of the terrible slalom of depression. But yeah. um. So, so, so like, that's not a joke. It's like, what do you do? I don't. Done. Yes. So she said, Mike drop. My, my wife is, is just this wonderful, uh, wonderful person, the funniest person I know. Nobody in the world makes me laugh the way she does. And she'll she'll tell me some real shit. She's like, you need to stop doing that because you're you're messing with your own head. What you need, you do shit. Yeah. Like, you, you put out a book a year, and, yeah. and you take care of our child, and you cook all these dinners. You do shit. Mm -hmm. So, next time we're at a party, you say, I'm an illustrator, I do this, that, and the other. That's And I'm like, no, nah, I don't I don't want to. I don't want to. She's <laughs> like, all right, we got in this argument, because we uh, love the Hitchhiker's Guide movie, the one yes. from 2005. Love yeah. it. It's, mm -hmm. and it's a really fun movie. We quote movies to each other all the time, because <laughs> okay. we're disgusting, and that's our language. So, she says something, I said, ah, Zark and Fruit, cousin. And she went, no, 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 Zark and Fruit, brother. <laughs> no, no. He said cousin. No, 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 no. Because he's because Zaphod said he shares two of the same mothers as me, so they're semi half brothers. Yeah. All right, that's true. But the actor flubbed the line, so we got into a fight. So once again, you were not wrong. Like for the record, you also were not right. The guy, the guy having. I just want everyone at home to know the guy having this argument is a having with a woman and b getting laid. So enjoy yourselves, nerds. <laughs> Those of you out there who cannot get laid, get to keep the hope alive, my friends. So anyway, we have a bet. It's like, all right, look, we're gonna watch the movie, and if he says Zarkinfrude brother, you have to introduce yourself. My name is Gabriel. I'm an illustrator. I make comics, kids books, and board games. Oh, she had you, and she I knew what she was doing. And I said, okay, fine. 
But, like, I, I mentioned a raccoon, but I pronounced it raccoon by accident. Because it's fun to do that. I like she, she, so she I gave mean. me so much shit all day. I said, fine, fine. But if he's a Zarkin fruit cousin, you have to, A, next time we're at a party, bring up raccoons. Pronounce it that way. <laughs> bring up raccoons. Pronounce it that way and give a random fact. But has to be a fact that you make up. <laughs> cannot be real. And you cannot repeat them. She says, fine, let's go. So we're watching the movie. Zarkin Fruit cousin. She has to say raccoon. And I can continue <laughs> to say I don't. <laughs> Moral of the story. Just keep watching that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story is like when the woman you when the woman who loves you above all others tries to pull you out of her depression, punish her for it, and stay in your depression. <laughs> Alex and I have an obsession with finding weird vocal tics that people have. Oh yeah! Oh man! And, oh man! And latching. We we were watching the Venture Brothers. <laughs> yes! It's a, it's our favorite show. We yes. both have tattoos. We I have matching tattoos. I have every single DVD. So and do I. What I used to do was, if you buy this print, I will reenact all the voices from any scene of the Venture Brothers right now. Oh nice. Okay, so we're watching the episode. I, I can only do the about first two seasons the now. Zookeeper. Your dog is called a zookeeper. <laughs> and he says, Robot Cheetahs. Yes! And Alex and I have yet to pronounce robot the right way. <laughs> I won't do it. All right, all right. I won't do it. Fun fact uh, like early science fiction. It's uh, a toilet zone thing. Have, have you ever. Have well, you that's, ever a, that's how Asimov intended it exactly. to be. Exactly. Have you ever uh, listened to X minus one? Like, it's free now. It's one of the greatest anthology sci fi radio shows ever. In the history of ever, it's beautiful. And when you're listening to it, you're like, oh, shit. In the 50s and 60s, sci-fi writers were really forward-thinking people. Mm -hmm. and, and they've got these very serious things that they talk about. And you can't take any of it seriously because every single one of them says robot. Robot. <laughs> I've never seen this sort of behavior from a robot. <laughs> See, I would take that very seriously. Also, as another reference, and this is just, this is our gift to you. Oh, boy. Colin and I used to work at a restaurant together, two restaurants together. And what we would do at one of them is we would go around and have conversations between each other. The whole day is 21 and 24. Yes! And here's the great part is halfway through the day, we just switch. Yeah, we just switch. Yeah. There and you we go. just keep he, going. Also, we the we have like going back to watching special features for no other good reason. We, we would do sit it. down and feature all day. Okay, so, so we would watch. Yeah. We would watch the Venture Brothers, and so now if you ever hear one or Alex and I say Amity means friendship, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yep. it's because of that. Yep. And only people who have seen Jaws or watched that are gonna know yep. that. <laughs> so I I um. I have a bunch of Adult Swim on DVD because mm. when I'm inking, I have to listen to something, and after, like, I'll run out of podcasts. Like, my brother said, okay, here's this podcast. I say, I'm going to save this. There's, like, 40 hours of podcast. There's four days of podcast. I'm going to save it yeah. for huh. when I'm inking. So I'll run out of podcasts. I have got one for you. I have sat marathoned, like, the entire season one and then season one commentary, season two, season two commentary, season three, season three commentary, one day, one sitting. Yeah, and I'll do that over and over again. Dude, you, like that's that, that literally our lives. Like we, yep. we we legitimately do have matching tattoos with a buddy of ours from the Order of the Triad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got the Grand that's Galactic. the best shit ever. Grand Galactic and uh, Inquisitor. Oh man! Yeah. So like my wife. And, yeah, my wife and I quote shit to each other all the yeah. time. Every time I do something to embarrass myself, and she was I didn't know she was in the room. She'd say, "Baby, what did you just ignore me?" Yeah. <laughs> 
And like, yes, I can. It's funny because, or that's my Daisy. That's <laughs> my Daisy. No, it's it, like one of the greatest things is that that walking eye. It's a walking eye. It does walking eye things. It's a walking eye, Hank. It's not rocket science, although I think it could be a division of rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to watch Venture now. Yeah, I'm, I'm the PH Daily Resistance. Well, it's is this them? Are these they? Who talks like that? Get out of my way. I'm the leader here. Are these they? Yep. Can you imagine yes. if you put you put the, th- the three of us, Gabriel, Mike Watkins. And Todd Davis in the same room together. Everyone would kill themselves Everybody by the end of it. Just or kill each other. Or kill each other. Uh, deeper, way deeper, <laughs> deeper, deeper than, than that. that. I need my butterfly, <laughs> King Butterfly. So one of the things that actually brought Colin and I to this point in this podcast, as well as really fueled our abilities to like follow our our creative writing dreams, is that show. Yeah. 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 So like because those guys are legit fucking idols. Yes. And watching they, we we saw our first panel with Doc Hammer on it this this last year. Yeah. Dragon Con. And it was yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, they they've, they've been getting weirder. Well, Doc's been getting weirder. He's getting a little bit the older he's getting, it's more he's becoming more and more esoteric. He's like well, what, because I when mean, you listen to the, the commentary on the first couple seasons, he's still like very kind of eh, like blase yeah, normal yeah. kind of dude. And he just becomes like more and more just over the fucking back. I'm pretty sure guy. the dude's getting further up his own ass. He's yeah. becoming like people. as as yeah. soon as um as soon as his band had put his song at the ending of like I want to say season four, uh, homeschool prom, yeah. like that guy started getting weirder and meaner. Yeah, and like it's, it's a lot behind of the shit that he was going through with Lisa. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say behind the scenes. I know that they got divorced either just after they started Venture Brothers or just before. I after. I I don't know the because story. She was in she was in the Venture yeah, Brothers. Yeah, she was Triana. Yeah. I want to yeah. know what the because they had been married since. Don't ask him. Don't ask him <laughs> because somebody fucking asked him at Dragon Con. What happened? They brought up okay. So like, hold on, hold on. They brought up they, they, They'd been married since like they were like I think she was eighteen or nineteen when they got married. Yeah, they were like right out of high school. And like I, I got married when I was twenty one, and it's like it's gonna be ten years this March, and it's Congrats. going. Uh, thank you. It's going very very well. So <laughs> I'm just like, oh shit, what happened to these people? I must know so that it doesn't happen to me. Right, if any, if, if me and my wife split up, I'm face down in a gutter the next day. <laughs> it was one of those things where they brought it up. Doc and this guy Voltaire do not get along. They and, never he, have. and he deflected. Wait, he did, Voltaire isn't like the the musician? Yes. yes. Okay. Oh, see, I, I immediately, they were, I immediately thought the, the, the old no, French no, philosopher. Yeah. And the musician. He wishes. Never mind. He's not the philosopher. But. Um, so they brought it up, yeah, and basically Doc was like, Red are, you, are you really up here asking sex. me about my ex-wife? This isn't like, a panel about my fucking social uh, life. This like, is a panel about Venture Brothers. I still love her and I still care about her, but no, she's not going to be on as Triana anytime soon. Like, are you really up uh, talking to me about my ex-wife right now? We were all just sort of like, Alex and I were in the second row, just like... Yeah, no, we got weird uncomfortable. Yeah, that tiny little man can get very angry very quickly. The guy has to weigh 115 pounds, Max. He walked, out on, Max. He walked out on stage and I was just like, so little. He is a little, little man. A little and gust comes and he's over when, in Oregon. When he was a very young man, it worked for him and it no longer does. Poor guy. I mean, like, but does he still paint? Like, because yeah, season two, like, they're showing the Astro Base and I'm like, shit, this is. I, it was, and he's beautiful. It was so long oh, ago. Good. Like, I, I was in the middle of my first hundred pages of comics when I saw their tour of the Astro Base and I'm like, there we go, life goal. 
How cool would it be? How cool would it be to collaborate with with uh, a good buddy of mine for so long, and then go home and work on my own artistic? Like that's that's the life. Give it to me. Ah. And so, like, that's the goal of this. We're yeah, working no, on I get, it. I, I get it. I get it. I'm, I have since I'm given almost up. there. I've since given up on it. Like, it's, no, it's not. That. It's no not. Such th- no, no such thing. I'll say this right now. As yeah. another person, like, I'm telling you this, like, from a person, who, and this is something that a lot of our listeners know. I'm very open about my depression. As a guy who struggles with depression, no such, like, no such fucking thing is given up on it. Like, you just, you can't, because at that point in time, when you do that, when you give up on it, what you're doing is you're saying. I do not have control over what my actions are anymore. And I just don't, I don't buy no, into that. That's not the problem. The pro- I have plenty of control over my actions. I actually make the freaking books. What I can't control are the assholes on the other side of the con table yeah. who have gotten exponentially shittier over yeah. the last seven years to the point where I'm just like... <laughs> yeah. All right, so my wife won't come to conventions with me anymore. She gets you frustrated? Yeah. See, yeah. here's this... Yeah. Uh, like, I love her so much because she's... she's how do I put this? Um... The instant I say or do something stupid, she fucking tells me. Yeah. Like, we, we were very freshly dating, and I was belly aching about something. And, like, we'd been together for, like, a month. And it's it's new, and she liked me a lot, and she didn't want to mess with the relationship. But we, she was like, hey, this is some petty shit. And you need to get over it right now because you're being petty. And the instant she said that, it hurt and it stung. But, like, we were holding hands, and I pulled her closer. It's like, yes, yes, I... I need you. I know. I need what you're saying. I need a smart, intelligent human being who likes me. Yeah. Uh, to tell me what me I'm already outside, thinking. Grab me by the hair and yeah. pull my head out of my own ass. Yeah. And so when she's with me at a Comic-Con, and I'm getting really frustrated... When she's getting frustrated, too, I'm like, oh, thank God, it's not just me. Yeah. yeah. So this has not happened... This is kind of happened uh how many stories begin that way <laughs> this is the, the best thing that ever happens to me at a convention somebody comes up to my tables they could say hi they could say nothing they just make eye contact look at the cover of my book pick it up read the back cover flip through a couple pages close it put it down eye contact one more time and off they go that person just gave me a chance and voted with their dollars and thank you. I appreciate you giving me mm-hmm. a chance. That's all I want. Somebody comes up, oh man, this looks so fucking funny. Look at this. Ha <laughs> ha. And they open it up and they're reading and they're like laughing at the jokes. Oh man, this is right up my alley. I love this. Oh, how I much is it? You. Today, just today, it's 10 bucks. Oh wow, that's awesome. Close it, put it down on my table. I hope you make it, man. Go to the table directly next to me, buy a $20 print of Batman from a guy that. They've never met before. Yeah. And I, will they bu- go. I will buy. I will buy yeah. two things. I will buy sketches and I will buy books. Yeah. I do not buy prints. So one time I buy prints from people that I love. Yeah, yeah that's one time it. this like, happened. I'm gonna buy Brent, Bridget's fucking prints. Like yeah. that's just. One time this happened, and as they were walking away, it's like, oh man, I love this. And then they walked to the guy next to me, bought Batman, and started walking away. And my wife leaned over and said, "Not enough to buy it, huh, fucker." <laughs> 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 I love your wife. I love my wife. That is awesome. Oh man, that was now it's it's kind double of double date soon. It's a kind of happen, <laughs> kind of happen because I'm not sure if the guy heard her or not. So it's uh, one of those tree falling in the wood. Did anybody hear yeah. the situation? So anyway, she doesn't come with me to cons anymore. She's like, I get mad and I'm gonna I'm gonna choke a bitch. It's gonna happen. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this: if you are moderately talented enough and you have enough drive to do it and you are willing to meet the right people, do enough talking, and find your niche, you can make it. 
Like, I mean, I've met enough people point. who haven't. Like, at, doing oh, yeah. these conventions a lot, I'm running into people who are infinitely more talented than me, much more charming. Their material is so much better, and they've been doing this 15, 20, 25 years, some of them, and they're on the same footing as I am. And nobody knows who the fuck they are. I'd be like, oh shit, this could be my future. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, the part that's out of your control. See, the giving up that I've done is like, I, I'm, I, uh, I'm gonna make my like now well, making you know yeah. making my stuff has yeah. become an act of protest. I'm, I'm, it's like I'm middle finger. Yeah. I'm making yeah. my shit. I'm yeah. making my shit. <laughs> no, I, I don't can't. care if you like it anymore. Yeah. But it, but that's actually I think I think that's actually a good thing at that. Point. Just embrace the fact it's not, that it's like I'm a vagabond now. I'm you, a vagabond, and if anything happens to my family, I'm living in a van, and yeah. I don't care. <laughs> well, you clearly haven't given up on doing stuff. You just no, because given up on this idea, then of, I will literally die. Right. Well, but but it seems like you're doing the right thing in in giving up in air quotes of like you're doing this Kickstarter. You're, yeah. you're doing the limited release of people that are interested, hoping to find, <laughs> hoping to sell out all of those copies in that, making it an exclusive thing. And like, that's a cool thing. And that's a, a much better way of like giving up and saying, yeah. I want to do this for myself. Yeah. Than like, it is of just like, ah, fuck everything. I'm done. I'm a be a, a huge source of, of I, I cut you off because I'm, I'm a dick. Oh, I'm good. so sorry. I'm so sorry. I do. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I, yeah, yeah, I never nice. talk to humans. I'm so eager. Um, <laughs> something that, that kills me is I'm walking like my house is gutted with boxes just yeah. like you've got to walk around the boxes of books that I can't sell I'm just like damn it so yeah. I'm like you know no this Kickstarter limited edition just these hundred I'm yeah. not having any more boxes yeah if we will but talk why about here but also yeah. but also like why not because at that point like you have those boxes sitting around that's that's money you're sitting on for people that they come up to your table and may or may not care and yeah it's good to have something to sell to them but if you can find the people that want to give you money and not have to mm. worry about having books for the people that don't like <laughs> That's a good situation. And like, I, I noticed, like, the, the uh, like, I did sales professionally for just, like, a, a hot minute for, yeah. like, two months. Mm -hmm. And I did, because, like, every other uh, comics or creative self-starter, like, you dive into that shit. Like, give me all this business news. Let me hear everything yeah. that Seth, every word Seth Godin ever wrote. I need to hear it. <laughs> every single thing about sales tactics and whatnot. And it turns out that the most... The thing that makes people open their wallet for you is uh, what's called the call to action. Yeah. And there is no, like, there's there's no weaker call to action than sitting behind a table. Uh, you can yeah. strengthen it a little bit, and I've tried. It's yeah. like, is this online? No. Can I buy this book online? Not yet. Yeah. And yeah. maybe never. I haven't decided. Situation. But that's not quite enough. Right. But uh, when I'm running the Kickstarter, that's mm -hmm. a huge call to action. Absolutely, because if people are seeking you out, like people exactly. listen to you here, hopefully everybody goes and checks at least checks your Kickstarter out. And because of the nature of the Kickstarter, it's like, no, the clock is ticking. Yeah. It's all on the line. Right. It's do or die time. Yeah. Right. Because there's lots and lots of people, and I, I admit to having been this person before, where it's like, this Kickstarter project looks cool. I'm sure it'll fund. When the thing comes out, I'll buy the thing. And it's for a lot of people, for a lot of the thing, it's been five years. I haven't bought it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, and one of the things about that, because like, I, I, am, I am guilty of looking at Kickstarters and being like, fuck, man, I'm, I'm going to fund this. Mm -hmm. and, then, like, and then sitting down and taking 10 minutes of my realistic brain and being like, dude, you got bills. Yeah. Like, and yeah, I realized that I could, like, just give them, like, five bucks or 15 bucks or whatever and just be fine. But, like, the problem that I have is that every once in a while, like, just every fucking once in a while, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll look at it and I'll be like, I want to get this, but I want the thing that's at $800. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and I'm just yeah. like, yeah. man, but if I'm not going to get that, why the fuck do it? Yeah. And, like, but I, but I need to, like, I need to, because I've, I've funded a decent number of Kickstarters. Yeah. But, like, 
I will say this. If you are a person who is interested in a Kickstarter, regardless of whether or not you want some of the goals or not, whether there's a goal that you really want that you cannot, like, you can't afford to do, at least give them a fucking dollar. Just give them a buck. The one dollar is a huge, like, y- yeah. y- you think it's nothing. No, yeah, it's a, like nice. having, I've I've run two it's successful. for your family, yeah. if nothing else. I've <laughs> run two successful Kickstarters so far. Somebody who drops you a dollar is, hey, I'm broke, but I care. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. a big Which deal. Or, that's or a big I don't deal. care about the product, but I do care about the person. Okay. Or, you know. I've, I've got a weird story in that department. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, I back as many Kickstarters as I can, but it's got to be just, I'll die if I don't have this thing. Yeah. Uh, or, like... I'm broke. For friends. I am yeah. the I'm the brokest I've ever been in my life right now. And there's been a bunch of Kickstarters where it's just like I would give you all my money. And yeah. Yeah. theoretically, and if you want to get metaphysical, technically I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving yeah. you all the zero I've got, man. Uh, okay, so I've got this one backer. Mm-hmm. Uh, his screen name is Jester or something. Yeah. And he backed me for the first like I don't know this guy. Yeah. I have no idea who the hell this is. He mm-hmm. just found me on Kickstarter. Yeah. And when my first book came out. It's like for 250 bucks, I give you uh, an original art portrait. I give you just as much stuff as I could possibly give you yeah. for making a book. Mm-hmm. So he drops 250 bucks on me. Time is running out. I haven't quite made my money yet. And he gets on the comment system and starts evangelizing for me. Come on, y'all. Up your bids. Up your bids. That's awesome. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to mail you your shit so hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send out the surveys. Nothing. Nothing. Oh. I sent him personal emails. Hey, hey, I haven't. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know the specifics on what you want me to draw for you. I don't know your address. I can't even send you the book. Nothing. Kickstarter 2 rolls around. Volume 2 of the book. He is the first guy. No, second. He's like the second or third guy to back me. 250 bucks again. Just boom. I'm like, hey, hey, what, it's, it's good to see you. Before this Kickstarter runs out, tell me what original pages you want me to send you so that I can get them sent to you. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, no, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Wow. And, and I'm talking to a bunch of other Kickstarters. Yeah. They're like, yeah, there's guys who will back you. It definitely for, happens. Yeah, there's yeah. guys who will back you for huge money. And they don't want your thing necessarily. They just like you. And they've yeah. got the money. And they're like, man, let's give this guy a break. Yeah. It's kind of like that mindset that I've always had with, like, if I ever get super rich. Like, you know what, man? That Pizza Hut delivery boy is going to get $100. Oh, all right. I'm doing, my wife and I are doing that this year. This past Heroes Con was one of the most demoralizing events in I had my life you, so far. I love talking that, to you. This was this you were great. literally the people that I can count that came over to where our table was and talked to us. I can count on one well, you hand. You guys were in Sex Offender Alley. Yeah, what the hell? Man, well, Dave DeBush oh, told man. us about Sex Offender Alley. Yeah. And that's where you and Chris fucking Wharton were that sitting. That is. Yeah, the Chris, with Sex Offender rough Alley. Life, Chris man. fucking Wharton yeah. is one of the top five talents in that room. I hate that he's splitting a table with my dumb ass. He should have been you, in the Indie Island. Hearing guessing. you say that to me, like hearing you say Chris Warden's one of the top five talents in, your, in the room, and knowing knowing what that really means, yeah. and then remembering my relationship with him <laughs> and being like, Fuck yes. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. I'll go on higher. I'll go on higher. Chris Wharton, who was, if you're listening at home, he was on an episode. Go back and listen. Look his ass up right now. Chris, I love Chris. Chris, Chris. I loved him before I started working. Yeah, with Chris Wharton. to swear. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I heard that. I freaked out. No, what's, here's what's funny is he didn't want to swear on the show, but we're sitting outside in the backyard smoking cigarettes, hanging out, drinking beer, and he's sitting there just doodling, showing us sketches and yeah. shit. And I'm just dropping fuck bombs like crazy. Yeah. And like, because that's just what I do. Yeah. And he just goes, Yeah, man, I fucking know. And I'm like, 
you're fucking right. I love it. Like I love getting people who usually don't swear All right. to just start cussing. I, I I don't know whether or not I embarrassed him. Um, Chris Warden is one of my top four favorite artists of all time. All time. And so every every other week where he and I and one of the other top talented people I've ever met in my life, his name is Max Miller Dowdle, look his ass up. I love his Max books Dowdle. are yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, He's awesome. hot shit. So we meet for coffee and hang out and, and the similarities between us are striking. Like uh, um, I, I used to make friends with girls so much easier than with guys for a lot of reasons. Same. Yeah. And then, like, after I get married, Megan's like, hey, I'd really like it if you had some guy friends, because this is a little weird now. So, I, it's cool, I started Super making... Super awkward. I started making comics, and suddenly I'm surrounded by dudes. I'm like, oh, this will be much easier. And so... <laughs> and then my wife said, there really needs to be more girls. <laughs> and uh, guys who don't smell like feet. <laughs> so, so I hang out with Chris Wharton and Max Miller Dowdle, artagem.com, look his ass up. Uh, and we're all dads. We've all been married to close to 10 years or more. We all have one kid so far, and they're all daughters. Yeah. And all of us have this same attitude. It's like, if anything happens to my wife, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we hang out. We're meeting. Somebody's walking by and, and like just happen to catch something that Chris is drawing. And they're like, wow, that's great. And I'm, I'm like, this is, this is Chris fucking Wharton. <laughs> He is one of my top four all-time favorite artists, and he didn't know that I thought that. <laughs> like, he did not know that about himself. So, like, here he is trying to show his things to a stranger, and then he just turns and looks at me very slowly and turns beet red. He's like, what, what, was, what was that? Say that again? Uh, yeah, so he's fucking awesome. I, we got off topic. I oh, Heroes Con. Heroes yeah. Con was demoralizing. Well, what's actually funny about this is <laughs> as demoralizing as it might have been for you, even though I had a really good time talking to you, you gave us a first. Oh, what was my first? When I was talking to Chris and he mentioned my name and you were like, wait, name redacted dude? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yes. like, and, I am and I Captain turned, Creepy. And, and Chris was like, no, like he knows who you are. And I was like, don't fucking lie to my face. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is stupid. And and Gabe's like, no, like you name it. No, we're talking about it. yeah, no, this yeah, I, I know who you are. And I I've like, heard of you guys. Yeah, and I was just sitting there and I was like, this guy did not real get I wanna leave right now because awkward is shit. <laughs> but like You can't out awkward me. <laughs> no, like, but it was it was really nice because like Chris had been like cause he had been on a panel with us. Right. And then me and Chris started talking. And like, as he has wont to do, which is weird because like in, in the beginning I was just like, oh, this is just like a random acquaintance we're gonna have, but like me and Chris started like really getting into like legit conversations way more often than I had anticipated, and I was like, I really fucking like this guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a super likable guy, and dude's got he's got some gray matter between his ears. So yeah. all right, so Smart heroes, fucking dude. heroes con was awful. I I sold, I got lucky because one of my regulars uh, came by. And he's like, hey, your last Kickstarter, uh, somebody else snatched up the pages that I wanted. So I'm buying your originals today. So I, he bought four pages of original art. I made table. God bless that guy. I, he has pulled my ass out of a fire twice a year, every year for the past six years. And he's just a sweetheart. His name's Shannon. I won't say his last name. But he's, he's just the sweetest heart in the world. He leaves. One other guy comes up, buys one book. And that's Friday morning. And that's it. 
No Whoa. more sales for the rest of the week. It's Man. never, never been that bad. Dude, I, this... I, I've had one show that was worse, but only one. And Heroes was like the show where I'd go to make some bank. Yeah. And when they put you in fucking sex offender alley. Yes, they, it's not the first time, sir. It's not the first. I had, I had a worse seat uh, when they first expanded the floor. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on a... Never mind. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, like, but there was a line forming out of a couple other tables that I'm just like, fucking really? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Some people who are just like, you're not even that good at what you fucking do. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just, the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, it costs me $300 just for this table. Mm. And then when I get up and walk around, the rest of Artist Alley, especially the rest of people in, in my wing of Sex Offender Alley and then the other far wing, uh, yeah, and like, there, is, as fuck. there is and some talent. Nobody standing against Francisco Francovia's booth. Yeah. yeah, and there's some talent in that room. Like there's, it's like yeah. I'm, I'm so yeah. juiced. Look at you. I've never yeah. met you before. Look at your books. These are so freaking good. I'm broke as shit because nobody's buying my stuff either. Yeah, I would have had so much better a weekend if I just took that three hundred dollars and dropped it on this floor. So this year, I'm not tabling. I, I'm going to raise $300, and me and my wife are just going to make it rain. <laughs> On some lucky yeah. artist. So, yeah. so, like, what, what happened? Yeah. The last year that uh, Megan came to Heroes with me, like, she's got the job, so she has money. Mm-hmm. So she's walking around. She comes back. She says, hey, uh, Gabe, do you have any cash? It's like, yeah, I've got some. What's going on? Why, why are you asking me for cash? <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> when we got married... You were the sugar mama. (laughs) The dynamic has changed. There's a guy. I don't wash all these dishes for you to take my money. (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. She came up to me and says, there's a guy sitting three tables that way, and I swear he's you three years ago. Somebody's got to buy his shit. Do you have a 20? It's like, yes, here's all my 20s. Go buy his table. So this year, we're going to find all those guys on the floor. <laughs> Be like, yeah. there you go. Sign that book. I'm reading this today. Yeah. See, here's here's one of the things is that, like, when you gave me the copies of Purgatory Pub, I legitimately, like, I was reaching into my wallet, and you were like, these are free. And I was like, no. <laughs> and you were like, but but he was like, he was, no, like, these are this, for you guys. This is like, going to sound like the, the shittiest first world problem ever. I'm so sick of people giving me comic books. Yeah, like, I, you know, like I, I, when when Valiant drops three hundred dollars on you in free books, and you're just like, I I got a job. Yeah, like, and you're like, no, no, like I'm a legitimate, like I'm a legitimate part of society. I can support myself. I don't live in my parents' basement anymore. Please, 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 let me spend money. And people are like, oh. yeah, like so just times, read and review my books. So many times at Brockton and Bo's booth, I've been like grabbing my wallet, and they're like. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Oh, Brockton and wow. I, for, I force them to take money. I Brockton and Bo also have day jobs. It's like, dude, we're here to drink beer and just okay. have fun. First of all, I Brockton does favorite. no longer have a fucking day job. He doesn't job. have a day job. Oh, well, he doesn't well, have a day, day job. A permanent <laughs> I was about to say, good ready. for him. Good yeah. for him. I had my best, my most favorite Brockton moment this oh, past hero. Aren't they amazing? Uh, okay, I had my second favorite at, <laughs> at Asheville. <laughs> I had my second favorite in Asheville. Brockton and Bo sit down. They're two tables away. I didn't know they were going to be there. I was like, oh, badass. I didn't think I'd know anyone here. Brockton, Bo, so good to see you. Such warm guys. I only feel the Brockton beer. So we're, we're talking for a minute, and we're done. And they pull each pull up a gallon of water, yep. pop the cap, <laughs> clink, and, and in unison say, never again, and start drinking. <laughs> say, All right, hold on. Right. Hold on. Tell me what's going on. It says, well, for for mom, for for kids at home, Brockton and Bo enjoy beer a great deal. 
They said, Nashville. on this podcast have heard us crush an 18-pack. With yeah. them on with air. Them yeah. on In 40 minutes. <laughs> he says, Asheville and Raleigh have per capita more breweries yeah. than anywhere else in the nation. Yeah. The last time we were here, we sampled every single one. <laughs> and oh I've God. had the worst hangover of my life. So we're hydrating as hard as we can all day to make sure that that never happens again. So the never again, I like that the never, never again, again. was for a not, future thing. I like that the never again wasn't not drinking all of the beer in Asheville, <laughs> but it was just making sure they drank enough water first. All right, so it's the, it's the never again hangover. <laughs> Sunday morning rolls around on Heroes Con, and I hear Action Lab is working yep. on this this superhero book about cats. And I'm I'm thinking I just made I just did all of this research working <laughs> on a kids book about cat shit. <laughs> So I am I am gonna take some time to talk to Brockton, be like, what cat book are y'all working on? Do they need an artist? So I walk up to Brockton, God bless him. I walk up to Brockton and say, Hey man, what's going on? Here Action Lab's working on this cat book. Do you have anything to do with that? Do you know anything? And he just looks at me like he just like like a newborn baby opening his eyes for the first time. And he goes, What cat? And Action Lab, and then he grabs me. <laughs> he puts an arm all the way around me, and then one arm like on the back of my yeah, head, that's like what the, he does. Sweet, the sweet what lovers it's, embrace. It's, it's, it's the Brockton sweep. It's the Brockton sweep. He just puts his arms around me. And says, "Gabe, I'm so I'm so hungover, man. I can't I can't see straight. I don't know I don't know where I am. I've never been this hungover before. I'm so sorry, dude." <laughs> Just like like somebody's getting me some food and like come back in two hours we'll talk man I'm sorry. <laughs> this is June seventeenth. Yeah yeah no this is this is good this is a really good little. That's yeah. that's Brockton just being like. <laughs> yep. And I I walk I'm walking past their table all the time to talk to my other buddies and every time I do stop point eye contact at poor Brockton just just the most pathetic little little wave like like oh. can barely get his arm above yeah. the table so like, like fuck, I, that's a lot of movement this was like a high point from, uh-huh. that's us interviewing DMC and yeah. us making DMC laugh so hard <laughs> like when when his head rolled back I was like please tell me somebody got that <laughs> but no, like Brock and Bo were that's that's the first time I got the Brockton sweep I was like oh our relationship hit this new level <laughs> Brockton sweep and like and the funny thing is he does it only on two occasions when he first sees you at a con and he's not behind his booth and he's very stoked because he didn't know you were there yet yeah hey and then he gives you the Brockton sweep or I'm so hungover I need you to be close to me so I can prop myself up yeah that's exactly what it was Uh, I had I carried him back to his table or uh, or or after the con's over and he's like holy shit we did it yeah yeah but when he when he leans out and he's just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's just like, I don't remember the entire weekend, but I'm still alive and both feet are on me. So, like, good. Glad and, to see you are, too. Oh, and then he turns around and he's like, is the water bottle full? Jim, good. <laughs> oh, man. The the first Heroes Con I attended was the heroes that Dwanch was sitting next to Whitley. Like, I was... This, that story's yeah. on our podcast, by the way. I, I heard the story. Yeah. I was, I uh, like, Whitley and Struts, um, who, who has since oh, moved Jason. to... Yeah, Jason Strutch is the fucking man. He's he's in this book. You yeah. saw him. Um, so also, he, the Reverend Rafer Roberts. When I saw that, because we had just had him on, yeah. and when I saw the Reverend Rafer Roberts on the back of the book, I was like, "Yeah, dude, game's for real." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Oh man, I love Rafer. I love uh, he is he's I've legitimately got, one of our favorite people. We don't get to talk to him enough. I've got I've got this video series that I put up uh, a while ago where it's time lapse of me drawing and I'm talking about finding your own voice in comics and whatnot. And I spent an entire episode talking about this one time that Rafer really helped me out. And that dude that dude's a big deal. I, I just I loved that I saw I immediately saw that took a picture of it and sent it to them. I was like, guys, this guy was just on the podcast mm-hmm. and I got a book from a guy who likes. Oh my god! That's, that's Jason Strutz and his villains beard. Nice. Yeah, that's when awesome. He was, so like me, Strutz, Strutz with that beard scared the shit. <laughs> yeah, man. I'd walk past his booth and just be like, uh, I'm not gonna go talk to Jason. Right no, now. talk to Jason. He's the soft-spoken sweetheart who is also married for ten plus years and has one daughter, just like the rest of my guy friends. Something in the water. Yeah, man. Uh, Can oh. I just come join this group, even though I haven't been married, but I have one stepdaughter-ish. I mean. As soon as as soon as she becomes stepdaughter, join us. <laughs> All right, so, I have to wait. So Sarah what, doesn't want to get married. <laughs> so what was happening was like we would meet every Thursday at a coffee shop and talk comics with each other. Our girlfriends are yelling at us from the other room about marriage. Both of you, be quiet. I just, I, just, I just need this on the record for the next time I have a conversation with Tots that she hates marriage. This whole conversation is making me so happy. Yeah. Uh, we used to hang out every Thursday at the coffee shop, and at the time, I was the only one with a kid. I was a stay-at-home dad. My daughter was six months old, and this Thursday's were the only times I got out of the house and away from the girl. That was it. Uh, and so we would hang out. They were tabling at Heroes for the first time, and I didn't have the money, and my book wasn't uh, my book wasn't out yet. So it's like, hey, can I attend? And can I split hotel space with y'all? And I already knew Dwanch. Like, I'd met Dwanch at a different Comic-Con when he was still making space-time condominium. Yeah. So it, it was, like, like it's my first hundred pages of comics. I'm brand new to this area, and I roll into Heroes Con, and I'm just mesmerized. It's all so beautiful. And then all of a sudden, like, there's Struts and Whitley, and I'm like, look at y'all. You're tabling. This is great. <gasps> I recognize the guy next to you. He's <laughs> like, so, yeah, that's Dwanch. Holy shit, I know people in the industry now! I was so excited. So, like, I was there for the fateful meeting when Action Lab happened. I can't remember where the story was supposed to go in the first place, but ha ha ha! I, I, I'm, I'm adjacent to success! Like, I, think, I, think, I think it actually, uh, like, the big reason that, that you have been pushing real hard recently to get on a bunch of shows, and which I'm very glad because we've been, been wanting to get you on for a little while, and I think that the timing is really good for this because you're putting out your art book. Mm-hmm. And so we want to talk to you about that because that's a big deal and we want everybody to contribute to the Kickstarter. But before we talk about that, I do want to say something. Uh, I And this is from, from us. This is kind of one of the biggest compliments because it's, 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 one of, it's one of the people that we have admired for so long. I personally am very much reminded of our late friend, uh, Jeremy Dale, when I look at your art. Yeah, um, that name sounds familiar. Uh, Action Lab, uh, he was one of the first Action Lab creators, and he made uh, Skyward. That Skyward sounds is super familiar. He, uh, he passed away about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, and Kelly Dale, his wife, uh, is still part of the Action Lab team. But he was legitimately probably the reason we were able to really get into the industry because he was so nice. Tell me and the name so, of his comic one more time. Uh, Skyward. 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 Yeah. Okay, um, sweet. But watching watching your trailer, because I had looked in your art before and I have both your books and stuff, but I'd never seen you draw on brown paper. 
Yeah, I oh, hold on. I got yeah. it. so but watching that, like yes, here's the thing is that those uh, those oh, of you really? who have listened for a long time know that Jeremy Dale means a lot to us. Um, when he passed away, it was a big deal for us. We had a real hard time. Oh wow, look uh, at this. Yeah, I remember Skyward. Yeah. So like seeing wow. seeing some of the yeah. This and so seeing some of this stuff feels very Jeremy Dale to us, at least to me. And yeah. like seeing that, like it makes me really, really want to see this. Is everybody scene. is everything in this book original, or is it some? No, everything's it's... original. This this character right here is um in in accordance with my fuck it attitude for 2017. I'm embracing my my uh creative ADD. So like I wrote this short animation a long time ago, and this nice. is a character from it. And so like this year, I'm making it. I'm recording all the voiceovers now. Nice. Uh, I'm uh, looking for, for those voiceovers. of you. Huh? Uh, yeah, I need help with voiceovers. I will need help with voiceovers. Boom. We're both voiceovers. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, for for those of you at home, I'm looking at the artwork for Skyward, and I am I am very flattered. And like I see what you're talking, because like I'm looking at this and be like, oh shit, this does look kind it's of like what I'm aspiring towards. Very very yeah, much. Look at that. You. Except fun. except for Especially the colors. Especially the tone paper. He did a lot of tone yep. paper okay. stuff too. Uh, except for the colors, his colors are brilliant, and mine will I mine will never be in color. Well, first of all, he didn't color. Skyward. Oh, okay. Well, thank yeah. God for that, because I was just man. He he wrote and 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 did inks. Okay. Skyward. Yeah. Um, inks but, inks is where I I live and breathe. Well, obviously. I mean, oh my God, <laughs> this show was so cute. I, I was going to make a kids' books about dogs, and I threw the idea out to a couple of people, and yeah. uh, like cat people love their cats, but unless you get crazy cat lady, cat people are more or less sober. Dog people are rabid. Yeah. Dog people are. Are militant. That's like that's like ninety eight percent of what Allison draws. Yeah, dog yeah. people are are rabid militant folk with with political agendas about bully breeds, and you have yep. to include pit bulls, but you make sure that those pit bulls are really sweet and like next to a kid or something. <laughs> and I I said, you know what? I don't want to do this dog book anymore. I'll make a cat book, and then I'm done. <laughs> Corgis. Oh yeah, Sorry. yeah. No, uh, yeah, I was. I when I drew that corgi, I was channeling Ein as hard as I could. Uh, and I have a corgi named Einstein. Yeah, man. He's, but he's tricolor. And he's he's a grandpa. He is. He's a grandpa. All right, that one that he's you're looking at. Asshole. That's a guy that I saw. Hey, at fuck Heroes. you. <laughs> First of all, he's not an asshole, he's just grumpy. I saw that guy at Heroes Con, he didn't look like that. He's just a regular dude in jeans and a t-shirt, but his I was tabling next to uh, Max Dowdle, who is a portrait artist. Like, his day job is oil painting portraits. And so it's great to be next to an artist, because I pointed to that guy and said, Max, did you see that guy? He said, oh, I know, his whole body's a triangle. You never <laughs> see that. <laughs> he's got the, the perfect triangle. And it's, it's so great to be next to another artist, because I usually, I, I, every other time I split, I usually split with uh, writers. So I'm splitting with an artist. I'm like, Max, did you see that girl? We're both married. We know I'm not hitting on somebody. He's like, oh, I know. Like, her nose and her eyes and her lips are all huge, but she is a tiny little woman. It's, it's, like, it's like looking at an Escher drawing. Yeah. How, how does her face do that? It's a caricature of a real person. Yeah, it's like, is there a non-creepy way to stop this woman and say, hey, can I draw you? Yeah. It says, no, there's not. So I tried. At a comic book convention, I feel like you should be able to. I just want to point out that I'm holding up a picture right now that literally, like, I went back to to find. I saw that. Yeah, yeah this is... Like it is uh, the deadly digger worm. I, I am so into this shit. Looks just like my chihuahua. Okay. I own a 4.8 pound chihuahua. She's I, I, tiny and ridiculous. I don't want to be rude, but all chihuahuas look the same. <laughs> <laughs> she's adorable, but she's particularly bug eyed. And, and she has a hunchback. She's, <laughs> she's just super awkward. She's fucking adorable. 
adorable. And she's the quietest chihuahua I've ever met. She doesn't okay. bark at all. Ever. She barks when she needs to pee. Uh, that's that's a good time to do the barking. Yeah. So is this so? How much of like that stuff is gonna end up in the art book? Uh, actually, my my tone sketchbooks is I spend a lot more time on those because, like you saw there, most of them are inked and colored, right. or they've got some gray markers on yeah. them. You, every single one of those looks like you put a, a lot of time in them. Yes. Uh, so most of those are gonna be in it. Okay. Like okay. Most that's of awesome. what, most yeah. of the finished drawings you see in there are gonna be in the art book. Um, I was shooting for sixty four pages to be uh cost conscious, but mm-hmm. no, it's it's seventy four pages. Because okay. there's too many pre-toned sketches where I'm like, I can't cut it. Yeah. I'm not cutting it. Yeah. Uh, it's your book, so you can do whatever the hell you want. So, yeah. so just for for it's just about to come out right now. The Kickstarter. Uh, the Kickstarter is going to drop at the end of this month. I can't. It's Monday. I want to say the thirtieth. And I'm I'm uh, friends at home. I'm looking on my phone's calendar. I'm so sorry. Just yeah. real quick. Put that on our um, calendar. So Monday the thirtieth. So everybody knows he is doing a 100 print run. That is it. That is That's all. all. Uh, tell people how much they have to donate to get one. Uh, if you want a book, it's twenty bucks. Uh, twenty bucks plus shit. That's, That's it. Uh, it's a soft cover, seventy-four Who gave pages. Me like five of these. Yeah. Soft cover, seventy-four pages, full color. Uh, I'm the printer I'm going through is this guy uh, Ken in Pennsylvania, I think. Uh, and I it's, get five bucks or five bucks for a hundred bucks. It's. Um, <laughs> It's it's Kness printing, so like I've got a great he he printed the uh, two volumes of Purgatory Pub. We've got a good working relationship, so I'm like, hey Ken, can you get me like the sweet nice paper? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, only making a hundred, so that I don't stuff my house full of boxes that won't sell. And theoretically, anybody who wants one gets one. Uh, it's twenty bucks just for the book, and the shipping is like two dollars on top of that. That's awesome. So twenty-two bucks for for the whole. Yeah, twenty-five bucks. Thing. I sign it. Thirty bucks. I I sign it and put a seal on it. I think I can't remember all my backer rewards. The different things you can get. I can draw inside of your book. I can draw and color on the drawing inside of your book. Uh, I sign it, personalize it, and put a seal. Uh, I have an embossing embossing stamp, so I can emboss your page, so it says certified awesome. Because if you have my book, I saw that embossing. Clearly, you are. <laughs> Uh, and uh, if you back me at like fifty bucks or sixty, I, I'm so sorry, I can't remember it's specific okay. numbers right now. Well, they can just but click like, on the fucking link and find uh, out what it is. This pre-toned paper, I get so many comments, so many good comments. But this, the paper in these sketchbooks is is thin and flimsy, and like the sketchbooks, I have to bind myself mm-hmm. because I use thick paper that I can ink on top of in case I'm doing professional work in there. So I went out and I got myself some really, really nice, very thick, very heavy Nina Desert Storm cardstock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've cut that down. I've cut a few sheets down into six by nine squares, uh, and I'm just going to start making sketch cards just for warm up drawings. But yeah. uh, for fifty bucks plus a book, uh, I'll I'll give you a full ass drawing on one of those cards. Uh, you're, That's awesome. <clears throat> it's it's either a spaceman, a monster, or uh, a third thing. I don't know, spaceman, monster, alien, somewhere in there. Because those are just fun, and you won't be disappointed. It's like I want a spaceman. Here you go. Living monster pizza. I'll do it. I'll do it. You write that down. You write it down. I'll do it just because. You send me that in text message. Sorry. It'll happen. Uh, a project that I want to do is like uh, I'm working on book three of Purgatory Pub right now, and mm-hmm. when I start making comics, like my head is down, and that's all. Anytime I pick up a pencil, that's what's happening. Yeah. And from experience, the last two books, like mentally, I really hurt myself doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in book two, there was a period I finished the most challenging chapter in the book. It's like 32 pages for this chapter, and it's the three characters playing darts. Uh, and it took a lot of work, and I like it's it's one of those wake up, I'm at the drawing board. No, excuse me, wake up, take the daughter to school, drawing board, pick her up, cook dinner, everybody goes to bed, drawing board mm-hmm. for days and like like no days off. 
like this happens every day, all the days are the same when you're a stay at home parent. Yeah. <clears throat> and when it was over, the burnout was palpable. Like yeah. I, I yeah. hurt myself. And it was like two weeks before I could pick up a pencil again. Mm-hmm. I'm not letting that happen again. So every morning it's like, okay, I need to put something new in the sketchbook. Cause like, I want to make, I want to put out an art book either once a year or once every other year. Yeah. So I need to put a junk. Go. Yeah. Uh, a junk drawing goes into the sketch pad or, uh, I'm just going to make a warm up sketch and a little card based on nonsense sentences that people can come up and send me. Yeah. Like, uh, could you give me a verb and a noun? Uh, Wow. Really? You can't think of a fucking <laughs> verb? I'm so right fucking burnt out. You, sir, give me a verb. <laughs> Dumping glasses. Dumping glasses? Boom, there. Like, I, I tried the sketch card idea. It's like verbing the noun. Give me one verb and one noun. Put an ing at the end of your verb and a the. There we go. It's like a mad lib. And now I make your sketch card. I had no takers the first time around. So, like, I want y'all's help. Get the word out. Slap yeah. in the microphone. There you go, because I will draw this nonsense, and it'll be fun, and it'll keep yeah. me from hurting myself again. We can do that. Mentally. People Just, can leave that in the comments in the episode if they want to. Uh, has one. Yeah. Yep, I would love that. Put it in the comments. I'm going to read the comments on this one. Yeah. Just like every other artist, I've got some narcissist in me. As soon as this goes live, I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> well, you know what? If you get comments, congratulations, you're the first. Oh, shit! <laughs> so, dude, like, we, like, we have people that like come and talk to us. Nobody writes shit for us. Yeah. I don't know why, but like we have people who are like, yeah, we listen like every week, and we like to talk. Like, to you really? Because you letting us know that would be awesome. Yeah, like so we, so I can have like physical proof, so I can show it to people. The best sales podcast. I I I was working at I was working at a sweatshop uh, because that's the only work I could get. And that's a different story. This is more reasons why why 2016 was a bad year. Like I've got a four year degree. <laughs> I've got a graphic design portfolio that was at the time current. I've got all of these references, and I couldn't. The best job I could get was in a sweatshop. Mm. So somebody offered me a sales gig. Uh, and it would start in two weeks. So every day in that sweatshop, I'm listening to sales podcasts. And this one guy, uh, the biggest demonstration he gave us was convincing people to go on iTunes and give him a star review. And he's like, I don't care how many stars you give me, but give me a review because that'll put me up in, in mm-hmm. iTunes. Mm-hmm. And his pitch was, you know what, today's episode is dedicated to the 5% of you, just the 5% most elite listeners I've got, the 5% of you who let me know that you really, and he just spends a solid <clears throat> five minutes blowing up the ego of anybody who put a review down. I hadn't put a review down on this guy, but I'm like, oh, I want to be one of the special 5%. <laughs> so try, try it's that. It's social engineering. Yeah. Well, I also, I, I actually started. Now the cat's out of the bag. Now yep. yep. know. That's huge. You can edit this. It's <clears throat> Um, we won't. We won't. <laughs> Every single podcast I've ever listened to says, well, don't worry, we'll edit that out in post. You fucking liars. <laughs> That's actually, it was a drinking game for us for a while. Uh, when we say we f- we'll fix it in post. How, how do you yet live? For that to be a drinking game, you have to drink like you want to die. Yeah. We do. <laughs> we drink like we want to die. Oh. And we actually want to die. So that's right. perfect. I'm gonna take a second now. I'm, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna puff you up. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you an ego boost. I'm gonna that stroke that ego. Really nice. Oh I, yeah. I'm like gonna just him or all. I'm gonna puff and fluff that ego right now. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's just to me so I can go to bed feeling. I'm gonna bad. keep. I'm gonna keep the eye contact okay, now. Good. It's late night. All right. <laughs> There's something that I swore I would never do ever again. Uh, after NC Comic Con, not this past one, but the one before it, mm. I swore I'm never. I'm never ever ever giving my book to anybody else ever again. I'm not going to give it to them. Will not happen. Because just one of the worst things that's ever happened to me happened this year, and I will describe it. Uh, If you bought my book, I sign it. If you buy it from me, 
uh, face-to-face. Like, there's a couple of exceptions. If you get it from a Kickstarter, I, I apologize. you got to pay for me to sign it because I need money because yeah. I want to print the book. But if you bought my book in front of me, uh, I sign it and I emboss it. But if I gave you my book, like, hey, here's my book. Please tell me what you think. Give me a review, something like mm-hmm. that. And after being a lifelong comics guy, you can tell when a book has been opened and when it hasn't. Yeah. There's telltale signs on the spine, especially yeah. like a book is a little bit thicker. You'll see it in the corners, mm-hmm. right? So there's it's this. a little weirder with us because we're all real careful. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I still practice I'm that brand of careful. Yeah. And just, yeah. yeah. But you can still tell. Colin does. It's that Colin. front. Because Colin literally is just like, he'll sit there and he'll just slowly. I'll lift just, it up. And yeah, it's. Yeah. It's that, it's that top of the spine. I've they don't always get that center crack. By not paying attention. Uh, my favorite coffee shop in Raleigh is Cup of Joe because there's parking in the back and there's lots of tables to sit at and it's very open. So I can sit in the back table and stare at the room and just mm-hmm. draw people. Uh, and I don't have to worry about parking. Uh, and I creep out a lot of freaking people this way. <laughs> but moving on, directly next door is a used bookstore. Mm-hmm. So, like, I go in, I sketch a bunch of people, I go to the used bookstore, and I check out their comics. And there's my book on their shelf. And I'm like, oh, shit, my book's here. And I open it up, and nothing's in it. So that means somebody I gave my book to turned it into this used bookstore. But I'm checking. There's no telltale signs. There's nothing on the spine. Nothing, nothing is scuffed. Whoever I gave this to took it to the used bookstore and said, instead of reading this free book, I'd rather get the $3.50 of store credit. <sighs> and then it sat on their shelf oh. for a year. Oh. A year. One day I came in and I got, oh, I came in and there's a bookmark in it. Uh, a gold leaf bookmark with, with hands in prayer position and it says <laughs> in boss letters, I prayed for you today. <laughs> Uh, and That's I, a compliment. Yeah, as far I, as I'm concerned, I yeah. took I took it as a compliment. Uh, I've done something right. <laughs> one day I rolled in and I'm fed up and I go to the young lady at the counter who's brand new there and doesn't know who the hell I am. And says, "Excuse me, miss, I need a paper, a piece of paper, and a sharpie right now." And I'm just huffing mad. <laughs> and this poor 19 year old girl's like, "Yeah, dude, here you, here you go. Please you, don't shoot us. Here you go, you weirdy beardy man." <laughs> <laughs> and I write in big fuck off letters. <laughs> Local artist. I need some tape, please. Tape it to the cover, stick it on the shelf. And, like, for the whole year, I would go in and, like, there's my book buried in a stack. Pull it out, put it on their display, and walk away. (laughs) (laughs) And nothing. It's always buried in a stack. So I'm all pissed off. I tape local artist. Put it on display. The next day, it's gone. But, like, that was the moment it's like, no, no, fuck everybody. If you want my book, you fucking buy it. But then I met the name redacted guy (laughs) with a sexy, weirdy beard. And I was like, you know what? Here, here, take my book, man. Well, here's the thing is that, like I said earlier, like, I was reaching for my wallet. Yeah. And Gabe was like, no, no. And I was like, God, no, like, don't, don't. It's my way to guilt you into having me on the show. Like, that's the thing. (laughs) Legitimately. The problem is that can only happen 52 times in a year. Eh. Well, here's. I got one of the 52 right here. (laughs) First one of the year. Let's see where you're at next month, sir. See, here's the fucking thing, though, is that, like, the fact that you were sitting next to Chris and Chris was, like, buddy-buddy with you, I immediately was like, this is a person I should actually be interested in. Yeah. And because Chris does not have a huge name in the industry or anything. But Which is a fucking crime. 
Why doesn't it, like, just damn it. I'm trying to fix that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, that's the thing, man, is that, like, when you see something, because I will guarantee you that, especially with the, like, the climate that we're in in our, in our nation, this, this title doesn't help you. I'm sure it doesn't. Oh, well, here, I've got a fun fact for you, because I, I meant to bring this up. Like, I get, you, you asked about the waffle fry, yeah. or excuse me, the, the waffle, Eggo waffle. The, the Eggo waffle on my neck, um... The I gave you the fuck off answer. I apologize. Yes, yeah, that's great. Uh, that's what we want here. This yeah. is a religious symbol. This is uh, the Jerusalem cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, big cross in the middle, little crosses on the side. See, uh, around the time of the First Crusade, there's kind of this weird cultural problem because the city of Jerusalem was a pretty inviting place, and pilgrims from all three of the major monotheisms were constantly there. So at any given time the population of the people not necessarily the permanent residents mm-hmm. but the actual people who are in the city split into almost even thirds yeah. like half the time so when the crusades happened the the local government which was muslim run at the time didn't know who's a crusader and who's just here to see the sights which of these christians are the good kind who are all like charity and forgiveness and oh right. look at that yeah uh, and which ones are here to take over the city. Mm-hmm. So if you had the big red cross, which has since become the British cross, you are a crusader. But they made this deal. Anybody who's wearing the Jerusalem cross is like, no, they're a pilgrim, safe passage. They're coming to see the sites, buy a couple things, pay some taxes, and leave. That's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got this at a uh, church retreat when I was 16, and I've worn it ever since. For That's just dedication. yeah, for a lot of reasons. Most of it is just like it's it's a Catholic specific symbol. It, mm-hmm. It's apostolic specific. So like uh, Catholics, Lutherans, Episcopalians, and Orthodox churches recognize and wear this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just like if I can let people know who they're dealing with, I try to. And unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't do the trick. It's it's a waffle fry on my neck. <laughs> so I knew the, what the, it was. Yeah. The but general, I, was just key, I was not the general populace. That's the thing is the general populace is completely ignorant of things like that. Yeah. And second of all, like when you do meet people who do know what it is, half of what's in their brain is that motherfucker probably doesn't know what that is around his neck. Oh, I know. I know. But no, this this motherfucker knows. Yeah. This motherfucker knows a thing or two. Uh, and like I'm, I'm a religious guy. I'm a churchgoer. So if somebody mm-hmm. comes up and they're like, I don't. Somebody came up to my table one time and says, well, I, I'm Catholic. I don't know if this is for me. It's like, oh, sir, this book is exactly for you. <laughs> Like, I would have been like, really? Because I wrote it for you. Yeah, I was about to say, no. one alter- has got your name inside. See? You just sign it. One altar boy to another. This one's for you. Yeah. This is yours. And somebody comes up to my table. It's like, I'm an atheist, man. This, this one's all for you. you. <laughs> yeah. I read it. I'm an atheist. So I read it. And I was like, yeah, this is funny. Tactics. And no, this I'm sorry, miss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so sorry. <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite thing was... After Colin read it, because I like before, I, like I gave it to Colin. We were all going to switch the books around that we were going to review, mm-hmm. and then we got super fucking bogged down. So we still haven't actually had the chance to review it. Mm-hmm. But like, I've read most of it. Colin's read it, and Chris is he's the next person up to read it. But he texts me and he goes, "Yo, is this satire or is this?" And I was like, "You know, like here's." <laughs> and what, what I said was, "The like, more I read it, the more I was like." <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Like so. Like as I like because as I read it, I was like, no, I see what's happening. Yeah. And and then like because I because I had asked you because I wanted to clarify if I was fucking right. Mm. And then you were like, well, there's some really heartfelt parts in it, but like that shit's satire. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, and that's and that's the that's the thing that I really <laughs> liked about it was like there are these moments where you're like, wow, that's like legit impactful, but like 
everything's still kind of fun and lighthearted. Yeah, that's, so, and that's, that's where I live. live. That's my yeah. favorite. Um, the, the best compliment I ever got came from my local comic shop guy. This guy has known me literally since before I was born. Like, my, my poor pregnant mother had to bring her brood of four other kids to the comic shop every other weekend. So, bring the brood! Yeah, and so now, like, this same guy owns the shop, and I come in with my daughter, and, um, like, my, 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 I had two wonderful compliments. Uh, he and his wife have no kids, and here I am with my daughter, who's literally running back and forth across their store. And I come in on Sundays right when they open, so nobody else is there. Mm. And so I'm getting rung up, and he's just watching my daughter run back and forth. He's like, you know what? I don't, I don't like kids in my shop. I like your kid. Your kid's cool. Like, that is correct. I'm glad you agree. And his wife, who's also there on Sundays, is smitten with Ivy. So that's just nice. I gave him the book, hey man, what do you think? And when he came back, like I came back a week later, he's like, dude, this is this is a, a satire that has charm instead of snark. And I was just like, oh, that's, yeah. that's going to be on the cover. Yes. <laughs> and, and coming from a dude that is an atheist, this book is fucking fun. Yeah. Thank you. This book is fun. And like, regardless we're of not like, so We're not so high-minded that we can't sit there and enjoy well, like, not Something only that, but, that like, religion is part of fucking history. Yeah, yes. Period. So, like, regardless of what you believe, like, and, and this I'd is... we also all enjoy religious material. Yeah, no, yeah, like, my favorite uh, book is Preacher. Yeah, yeah. like, religious so, material yeah. is also very, very fun to play around with in a, in, yeah. in a, in a, like, uh, creative sense anyway. And some of the, the most renowned thinkers on the face of the planet from the medieval era, uh, medieval period all the way up through the Enlightenment have been like people like St. Thomas Aquinas. Super um, devout. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Augustine. St. Augustine uh, is yeah, this I, huge, yes. big-time, mm -hmm. like very famous thinker. And like Sir Isaac Newton, everything he did was uh, to prove the existence of God yeah. or to prove the inherent goodness of mankind. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's really too bad that they saw it as an affront because he's like, no, this is what I'm telling you. God's responsible for us. <laughs> same yeah, fucking exactly. thing that happened with evolution. Same yes, shit. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I don't know about Dar like Darwin. Darwin was super fucking religious. He was. Yeah, he was. Yes, the, he was the, super religious. The, the Darwin was an inbred chronic me at at the time they called a chronic melancholic. I was really hoping you were going to say masturbator. No. <laughs> He was a chronic melancholic. Yeah, what we now call manic depressive, but dude was inbred manic depressive who was just all effed up in the head trying to find out the but reason. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, why am I and every single relative before me that I've ever heard of all fucked up in the same way? Mm -hmm. So he struck me as a dude who was motivated more by his neuroses as opposed to a religious pursuit. Right. Yeah. Although, oh, yeah. yeah, like uh, growing up here in Southern, like growing up Catholic. Catholicism culturally has this weird thing as like having the, the the market corner, the monopoly on guilt and shame. Yeah. And growing up, maybe it's different for me because I'm Southern. Maybe it's a Southern Catholic thing, but I'm like, no, none of that's there. Like when it came to evolution, all the priests were like, yeah, evolution. That's that's very clearly yeah you know, kind it's, of it's, obvious. It's, it's funny. It seems like Catholicism has been a lot more progressive yeah, in the past little bit. I think than, the Southern Baptists have the yeah, see, yeah, yeah. I, I, you, you are absolutely right. I have a story for you. I have a story for you. Told from like childhood, like no, evolution's bad. Yeah, I was essentially. Devil. I was, I was, I was, I was raised Methodist. Like we really just went to church for the cakewalk and to get home before football. Yeah, like it was just. Uh, that's every Methodist I've ever my, met. That's just, my my mother comes from an off the boat Southern Italian family. I grew up Roman Catholic as fuck. Mm. 
I mean, uh, which I, I mean, like, I did and, too, and but not it's for weird. It's well, different, but not for nothing. Yeah, like that did a lot to inform me. Yeah. Like, and you can take that however you want. No, no, no. That, I know it's, like, especially from a northern family. Warts and that all, did a yeah. fuckload to inform me. Well, there's so. this, you've seen Pan's Labyrinth, right? Yes, of course. So yeah. Guillermo, Guillermo Montoya, uh, Guillermo That's del Toro, well. excuse me, Montoya. I saw Princess Bride again recently, I'm sorry. Guillermo grew up Catholic, and he's like, I'm not anymore, and this isn't a religious movie, and then, like, one of his best friends is like, no, fuck you, this is the most Catholic thing I've ever seen. Guillermo, you can't... <laughs> and I was gonna, I was gonna, glad you brought up that point, yeah, what like, I was gonna say is, is that a lot of, whether, whether the religious work be from a religious person or not, it's often a meditation on things that we've had to deal with. Yeah, and I was talking to my, oh, I'm so sorry. No, you're fine, no, 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 but it's, like, it's... No, that is the most Catholic movie ever made. Yeah. It is full of guilt and and pain and dogma and... Rebellion. Uh, rebellion and the ineffable plan that is God's plan. And huge leaps of faith and yeah. dying in place of somebody else and constant charity. Um, all right, so like... Ah, such a beautiful movie. Such like Gorgeous. Guillermo's one of those guys, he's like, I am going to rip out your heart and eat it in front of you and you're going to thank me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I was talking to my brother, and I, I mentioned uh, just kind of an offshoot, weird, periphery religion, and I'm like, it's it's a much less legitimate religion, and he's angry at Christianity right now, so he's like, wait, hold on, what do you mean, what do you mean legitimate religion? It's like, well, it's the same thing that makes uh, logical theorems legitimate, and it's the same thing that makes uh, any scientific pursuit legitimate. It's peer review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does this hold up? Yeah. And like I said, we've got guys like Thomas Aquinas, St. Augustine, Sir Isaac Newton, and a bunch of other people I can't even, I can't name, like Descartes, for instance. Yeah, Descartes. You've got a lot of history's greatest thinkers who are holding the only Christianity of their time up to the light and looking through it and seeing all the parts work together and saying this religion slash philosophy only fits this way or this way. And like the more you... The more you study philosophy, it's like religion is just a philosophy that made a decision and says, I accept X, Y, and Z premise that can't be disproven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I accept these premises uh, so that, because without them, this argument is erroneous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so growing up, going back to Southern Baptists, I, I grew up here. The reason we're Catholic is because my mother. My mother's Argentine. So we, we've got some Argentine, Spanish Catholics. That's another thing you have in common with Chris is you are both super white Latinos. Yup. <laughs> That's you, when, Chris, when Chris was like, yeah, I'm Puerto Rican. I was like, do what now? And yeah. like, my first language was Spanish. I was like, you shut the fuck up. That is exactly right. So uh, the reason we're Catholic. My, my father grew up Episcopalian in the flatland boonies of North Carolina. So when you, you might as well be Catholic. Yeah, might as yeah. well. It's it's uh, a lot of there's there's small political things like women being priests and whatnot, yeah. which to some people is not so small. I apologize, but when it comes to the straight up theology, it's like no, they're almost they're almost identical. Um, but my father rejected that stuff. Just like he went off to college and he doesn't talk about this because he's super religious now and he's mm-hmm. kind of ashamed of this period. So I don't know whether or not he just became agnostic or a straight and militant atheist. He's somewhere on that spectrum. He met my mom. My mom says, look, uh, I'm going to church. And your kids are also going to go to church. You can come with us if you want. And so kind of the the C.S. Lewis style, like I want to hang out with my buddy. My buddy's really religious. Oh, shit, my buddy just opened up my eyes. Yeah, I'm all for this. Yeah. So it's kind of that. So that's why we're all Catholic. But, like, I've got my, my southern 
redneck father who moved us to Cary, which at the time was still a farm town. Mm. Uh, it just happened to be close to RTP where he was working at IBM. And I've got still my, a farm town, depending on who you ask. Yeah, and I've got my mother, uh, who's who's this super devout Catholic, um, raising all of us kids, and so everyone around me, Southern Baptist, the biggest church. In my area is this huge, sprawling complex called Colonial Sounds Baptist like Church. Every giant Baptist church I've ever seen. Yup. I see that you live in Garner, and I have family in Garner, Smithfield, and Greenville, and Kinston. Oh, Greenville and Kinston, no. Are they okay? Uh, yeah, they're fine. Are you sure? Well, most of them are dead now. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's the only answer to living in Kinston. I assume you know about Flannel Mouth. Flannel Mouth? No, hold on, hold on. It sounds familiar. It's just the way they talk. Oh, yes, no, yes, I'm familiar. That eastern North Carolina. Give me a taste, Colin. There's a glass of water. And Warsh is another big one. Washed away in the storm. It sounds like you took two flannel If you've ever been through Kinston... There's a place. There's the, there's, there's Rainbow Methodist Church. Yep. That's where my great grandmother, my great grandfather, and my grandmother are buried. And so every time one of them yeah. dies, we have to make the four and a half hour trek to Kinston. Why don't you just die closer to here? I am. Next time you go, go eat at Chef and the Farmer. That would, I guess. Yeah. Stop by Mother Earth. It's one of the best restaurants in the probably on the East Coast. Yeah. Or you so. can just drive a little bit further to Greenville, go to Bee's Barbecue, but you have to go early because if they run out of pig, they're done. Yeah. I'm also an Eastern North Carolina barbecue guy. Yeah, yeah, yes. The, the way God intended. Yes. Whatever. Right, you guys so. eat a giant bag of dicks and vinegar. Come on, vinegar. vinegar I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that you're wrong. No. I'm sorry that you're no, wrong. You're wrong. Vinegar sauce. Wrong. That's how you eat barbecue. So, no, that's how you eat barbecue. The rest of the fucking country. It's wrong. It's wrong. No. It's icky. No, it isn't. It depends on it depends it depends on the meat it's going on. No. Because the because I tell you what, you go to any any fucking place in the world and ask for barbecue sauce. Are they gonna give you vinegar? No, because Because they're wrong. Because they're wrong. Because to them barbecue is a verb. Yeah. That's another that's another thing that drives me fucking crazy. Yeah. We're going to have a barbecue. Well, what time are you starting the pig? Yeah, like, exactly. No, we're having a barbecue. And I'm like, so when do we eat the barbecue? There is no barbecue. We're having burgers and dogs. And I say, no, you're having a fucking cookout. No, what yeah. you're having is a lie. What you're having is yeah. a lie. Hey. It's called a pig picking, and fuck you guys for giving me false hopes. Yeah. I got my verb to know. What's that? Barbecue, barbecue. barbecue. <laughs> nice. Barbecue. That's a good barbecue. You like that one. Okay, so... But I mean, but if you're in Texas, then you eat a lot of fucking brisket, which tomato-based sauces usually go really well with beef products. Yeah. If you're in St. Louis, it's going to be more baby back ribs. It's going to be longer, slowly smoked, because those are tougher fucking ribs. I could do this for hours, Alex. <laughs> and, and you'll still never convince me that the piss water that is vinegar is barbecue. It's, uh, it is barbecue. Is no. So... It isn't. tomato-based sauce. Sorry. No. All right. Do you have red mud here? Do you have any red mud here? I don't have it with me today. No. Shit, because I was guarantee you that first fucking ingredient was gonna be vinegar. Pick some plugs. It ain't though. You should pick some. You plugs. have a bottle of sweet baby rays in that fucking fridge. I bet the first. I love barbecue. I love. Oh, I'm sure there sauce. is. I'm sure there is vinegar <laughs> in it. But you know what? That shit doesn't run like water. Does oh, it? Oh man. Sorry. No, you're not wrong. You're not yeah, wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, mean, I mean, you're completely wrong, but you're not wrong. I think yeah, that's okay that you that. guys have the worst opinions, but we, it's all right. The way we look at it, barbecue sauce is that's just barbecue. It's dressing. 
Yeah. And it just goes exactly. on the meat. It's because you're supposed to be it's... seasoning the meat while the damn pig is cooking. For the whole time. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I've had thin barbecue sauce that I do love. But Red vinegar, blood is one of them. Yeah, and but vinegar makes me want to kill myself. That, that blueberry nah. sauce that... Did y'all get the blueberry or just the mango from my dad? Blueberry. The blueberry yeah. sauce makes a fantastic barbecue. Yeah. But, but it makes hot sauce. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I just, like, just, just not for nothing. Like, vinegar makes me want to kill people. But anyway, cool. Continue. Uh, okay, so yeah, just, I, just yeah. brief aside. Uh, went to ECU, taught high school drumlines around the area, uh, Greenville, Kinston, Ooh, Little thanks. Washington, which they do not enjoy being called Little Washington. No, it's Washington. Yes, exactly. Uh, anyone, <laughs> anyone from Washington listening, I'm sorry, but Greenville calls you Little Washington. It's I didn't invent the rule. Uh, so yay, Eastern North Carolina and all the poverty yeah. therein. I love you, and I mean that unironically. Uh, so I'm growing up in the South. I'm surrounded by Southern Baptists, which didn't become a thing until I hit high school. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in high school. I play drums, and I play drums in metal bands because that's where drums live. Anyone who's like, oh no, hundred yeah, percent agree with that. <laughs> jazz vinegar aside, jazz <laughs> drummers, man. Jazz drummers are where drums. It's like no. You jazz is bullshit for drummers now. Like it used to be the now. thing. It's 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 terrible. Jazz is now a jazz is now a fucking bass. Yeah, like game. every every single uh, band that I've been in, they're like, could you be quieter? Could you be less busy, less on the fills? But then I'm in a metal band. They're like, I want more from you. Like, yes, you will get it. Sorry, you're not Buddy Rich. Why don't you eat a bag of dicks? Yeah, nobody's like, fucking. Nobody's Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich is dead. I love you. He's dead. I'm not JoJo Mayer either. Suck on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm really pissed when Whiplash was like, yeah, but everybody should be Buddy Rich. And no, like, that's because you no. fucking watched you watched Whiplash and you based that one kid's that's, influence on what you think jazz is. The, the body is double for that drummer is is this guy Mark Juliana. I think I'm saying his name right. I'm not completely sure. Matt or Mark Juliana. Anyway, he's like the the next up and coming JoJo Mayer, and that he plays jazz, but like he actually hits his goddamn snare drum once in a while. <laughs> The way God intended. Right. <laughs> he doesn't live on the toms and the cymbals. Yes, criminy. Anyway, uh, so I'm playing in metal bands on the weekends, and I'm metal makes me happy. And my parents never censored any of the music that we listened to, ever. Just in any of our music, any of our movies. If it was rated R and we're too young, no. But that's as far as it went. And if it was like, like I watched uh, Conan, the, 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 the first one. I saw Conan the Barbarian, and my dad's like, look... Uh, skip the part with naked ladies because I don't want Gabe to grow up objectifying women. But everything else is, he's watching it with his brothers, it'll be okay. He knows this stuff is fake. And so, like, uh, that that was it. So it's not a very strict household. Uh, and so on the weekends, all these other metal kids are, like, kids who are growing up with, like, alcoholic step-parents. Like, they're having problems. I'm doing this because metal makes me happy and I play drums. And so I've got all these kids with real problems coming over to my house, and we're having a break, and they're all smoking their cigarettes. And they're like, you know, this whole God thing is bullshit. You're, yeah. you're wasting every one of your Sundays, right? I'm like, hey, I came here to play drums, dude. It's like, thanks, man, but Zayu's still friends. So. No, no part of this is, uh, is, is relevant in the realm of playing drums, which is what I came here to do. We're not Norma Jean. Calm down. Yeah, so then I go to school... And everybody in my school goes to the Southern Baptist mega church, and they're like, you know, you're going to hell, right? Because Catholics don't really count. I mean, y'all drink in church. Uh, that's like double. Sac- <laughs> <laughs> that's double sacrilege, right there. That's when you tell. That's when you tell the Southern Baptists, it's like, yeah, but you guys do it on Saturday night. No, 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 here's, don't get ahead of me, don't get ahead of me, don't get. All right, so like this Southern Baptist mega church, dancing is a sin, drinking is a sin, smoking is a sin. 
and I'm an altar boy. I come out of the church with the priest, and we're outside waiting for the congregation to come out. He does that that greeting, hey, everybody, how's it going? So it's just me and the other altar boy and the priest for a minute, and he pulls out his hip flask, goes, ah, it's so fucking hot, glug. Lights up a cigarette. Ah, dear Lord, your son is doing its job today. Shit on me. <laughs> and, like, that's that's my priest. That's my religious role model right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, cussing and drinking and smoking isn't a problem, y'all. That's that's not the things that God cares about, right? Especially in consideration of the fact if you're talking about where Catholicism came from. I know, my the mother. Romans, and yeah. the Romans, let's be honest here, my family's full of luck and blooded Italian on my mom's side. There is no shortage of fuck and bitch and cunt no, on that side no. of the family, like and at all. My mother' favorite thing to say: What is she has? She's from Argentina. She has this weird accent. What is with these these Baptists? I don't understand. What the Bible says: water into wine. It does not say into grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they have such strange problems? Can I make a quick note about like the Southern Baptist Convention, which does encompass most Southern Baptists in the U.S.? Sure. Yeah. We don't actually have a problem with drinking. It's just the super crazy, like, independent Baptists and shit. Who have pretty much been booted out of the Southern Baptist Convention well, like, for but, being a little too wacky. But, well, that's, but yeah. that's what we grew up around here. Yeah, yeah. In North Carolina, I, we grew up, up around... That was dominant. I grew up in the deep south. Like, the, I lived... Until I was 10, I lived in... The panhandle of Florida, which is essentially no, yeah. Alabama. Yeah, that's Southern well, so Alabama. They, so they had to drink because you had to make it through your day. Yeah. yeah. Basically. <laughs> because the heat never stops and neither and then, does the moisture. Last time I was in Florida. We had a pastor who was married to a British woman. And <laughs> that's, that's religion light. So they, like, she was like, what do you mean we can't drink? I love my gin and tonic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I'm at school every weekend. Um, your religion is bullshit. You're going to hell for like 50 different reasons. Like I um, was assigned to you for this group project. I really just want to focus on that. It really has no bearing as to whether or not we could be friends. And they're like, no, it totally does. Why? Because my pastor said it does. Your pastor's an ass. You're going to hell. And then these and same so people. And so ensues our problem. These same people that. are binge drinking and smoking like chimneys every Saturday night, rolling into church on Sunday, hungover as hell. And I'm like, we have wine tastings at my church. Why are we the guilty ones? How, how did that become our brand? Because I don't get drunk on Sunday. Like, okay, come on. You stopped at 3 a.m. You yeah. stopped at 3 a.m. So that is the whole, yeah. that's that's like, yeah, I'm making this book now. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. my book now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, at the picks end of the show, Picks and Plugs. Plugs. Let's keep it brief because holy shit, we're over. Yeah. Dude, we haven't had a good one like this in a while. I'm a chatty, chatty bitch. All right. So. Like I said, it's like, oh, yeah, people from the outside. I love that you two get a little uncomfortable when we run a little long. We haven't done this in probably six to eight months. We have not run long like this in six to eight months. And every once in a while, it's nice to actually it's sit down and talk to somebody. Chris gets real weird about it. You can I, see it I in his like face. keeping an hour to an hour tight show. I don't. Sometimes it's nice to roll a little long. I don't know. I tell you what, man. You can <laughs> you can cut out all the boring stuff and post. Oh, I'm not doing that. Oh, huh. I guess we're running long today then. Picks and plugs. Picks uh, and plugs. Um, I pick. Good. Um, I think it's the White Rabbit Project. It is um, oh, build yeah. team from MythBusters. They have a show on Netflix now, and uh, it's a little like. 
a little contrived, but it's, it's, it's a lot of the things that you liked about Mythbusters. Um, they basically take a topic. Um, one, one of the, the ones I watched was um, technologies that are ahead of their time. And uh, they take um, like 10 examples of those things and sort of recreate them the way they would have on Mythbusters and test them out and have sort of like arbitrary criteria that they stack them up against each other in. But it's, it's really fun to watch them just do science on TV. Uh, I'm really, I'm really glad you brought that up because every time I see it on Netflix, I'm like, ah, the the two most boring people on the face of that freaking show and Grant. <laughs> I always liked Carrie because I thought she was hot. I like, yeah, I, like I can't it. stand I like Carrie. I like, I like surface level. I love level. that show. That's a lot of fun. I, yeah. I couldn't stand Carrie. I couldn't stand the other guys. No, Tori so. made me yeah. want. I wanted to slap Tori. They also okay. get away with. So a, I forgot his freaking name. Yeah. All right, yeah, Tori. They also Screw get Tori. away with a lot more. I love Grant. Like the insurance company lets him do a lot of stuff. Yeah, Grant Grant Imahara, like, like why doesn't he? It's like, dude, cut off the dead weight and move on. <laughs> I, if 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 it was called White Rabbit with Grant Imahara, I'd be like, all right, let's all right, give this a chance. Yeah. All right, so it's a good show. It's good. I like it. Yeah. I don't ruin actually, it. All yeah. right. Grant actually does seem to kind of be the focus of it a lot. A little bit. Well, that's yeah. because he's Grant fucking Tori, Imahara. He's yeah. the smartest guy in the room. He's also the most capable guy in the room. Tori's still Tori. It's still got the same kind of stupid banter. You are too stuff. old for this shit, Tori. Come on, man. It stopped but, uh, being cute when you stopped being 25. But yeah, it's good. It's fun. Okay, good. I'm really glad. Yeah. I'll give it a chance now. Oh, yeah. Um, My pick is... I, I, I feel like I picked this before, but I kind of want to do it again. Um, Valiant. Ca- uh, Quantum and Woody. Um... Fucking amazing, hilarious, just super funny uh, all the way through. If you have not picked up the first volume, um, which is the origin story of Quantum and Woody, totally worth it. Um, I don't, don't really feel like giving any of it away. It's just fucking funny, and it's like a weird superhero brother team. Um, I think I've heard of this. It, it's just it's super awkward because it's like adopted brothers. Hmm. Um, and like one of them's a douchebag and one of them's brilliant. Uh, and it's so them, it's just them like going back and forth, trying to not cock up every situation they're in. And it's just, it's, it's perfect. It's the perfect marriage of superhero and comedy. That sounds awesome. Like that's, that's that you just, you just pitched that to me. You just, you didn't use these words, but what I heard was, uh, Gabe, you need to get this book now. You dumb bastard! Why don't you already have it? Yeah, it's it's really good. That I'm glad awesome. you're good at reading eyes. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, it's probably my favorite Valiant release. Uh, it, it sounds like Archer and Armstrong yeah. and that are my yeah. two favorites. I haven't read Archer and Armstrong. I I I love Rafer so freaking much, and I'm sure I'm not even talking about the Rafer stuff. The stuff before that was good too. Yeah. Man. Okay. I tell you what, though, like. Um, I hear I, I was so happy for him that he got that writing gig, but uh, I'm also it's like, all right, Rafer, I want you to come back and do your own thing. I'm again. in the middle of Plastic Farm right now. Yeah, Plastic Farm. Plastic Farm is good. I want him to finish Plastic Farm. Did you read Nightmare of the Rat? Yes. Yeah, Nightmare the Rat is so, so good. How good is that oh shit? Yeah, I also, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was yeah, one yeah. of those Kickstarters where it's like, I'll pull this money out of my ass. I don't care. I yeah. want, I need this in my life. When he when he pitched it to me, I was like, he does what now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Rafer is just uh, one of the best people I ever his met. His brain operates on a level. And he and his wife are just such sweetheart people. Mm-hmm. Like I met, he's I, super nice. I met him and and his wife at that first Heroes Con where Action Lab was born, uh, and like I just, he took the time to talk to me. I'm some shitty he does guy. That. 
I'm some shitty guy, and we're talking for a little while, and I have this little ash can mini, so I can I can pretend like I'm one of the guys, and I hand him a copy, and as soon as I do, he hands me one of his actual comics. Like, don't don't do that. This is real. Save that and make some money. This is just a gift for you. And he says, oh, okay, signs it. This is just a gift for you. Gives me a book. I saw him at Space, uh, Small Press, uh, Small Press Arts Comics Expo. Yeah. I'm sorry, Small Press Alternative Comics Expo. It's in Ohio. The, the next time I saw him was at Space, uh, two years later. And I had him by my table. I said, hey, man, the last time you talked to me, I had that little ash can. Now I've got these two kids' books, these two graphic novels, all these prints and all this stuff. And I want you to know, uh, like, you, I didn't realize it at the time, but you just taking the time to talk to me really jazzed me. So, like, the last time from when we spoke to now, here's all the stuff I did. First words out of his mouth. Shit on me. What did I say to you? <laughs> I can't remember. You were just nice to me. And I apparently really needed it in that moment. Uh, it, as a, like, follow-up to the Quantum and Woody thing, since we were talking about that a little bit uh, in the ANA. Um, also, if you haven't checked it out, uh, The Death Defying Dr. Mirage is really amazing. good. Yeah. Um, I have so heard that as well. That's yeah. another one that uh, you guys at home and also gave. Definitely try to pick that up. Uh, Colin. Yeah, uh, I checked out Neil Brennan's new stand-up. Uh, I saw uh, that. I'm really interested. Yeah, um, Neil Brennan was the co-creator of Chappelle Show, and he also directed Half Baked. He directed probably 98% of the things you saw on Chappelle Show and wrote a lot of it with Dave. Uh, when yeah. that whole thing went south with Dave, um, he was like, fuck it, can't get any lower than this. I'm going to start doing stand-up comedy. So he's been doing stand-up comedy for a while now, and uh, this is a show called Three Mics, mm -hmm. and one mic is regular stand-up, one mic is one-liners, and one mic is like a really, really super personal confessions, mm -hmm. like to the point where I was watching it and I was like, I'm a little uncomfortable right now. <laughs> That sounds incredible. Uh, it was. It's probably the best piece of stand-up comedy I've seen in the last five years. I've I've heard him speak on stage very briefly. Like I've heard him, I've heard him do like ten minutes at a time, and it's before his stand-up. He wasn't telling jokes. He's just like some behind-the-scenes Chappelle show stories. The dude is sharp as a tack. Yeah. And the the like I was reading like one, a third of his show is devoted to one-liners. Like uh, I'm I'm a big comedy buff, and like I'm listening to comedy albums all the time while I'm drawing. And like I wish the, I could do that when I'm writing. Yeah, I know, I know. Writing, writing is, is a bitch because you got to turn everything off. You can't listen to music while you're at. Oh nothing, man, that nothing sucks. with words. I have to listen to very. I can't not listen. I to like music. To, I listen to a lot of animals as leaders because it's I, very heavily structured. Yeah, I listen. Yes, yes. I, listen to, See, I can't listen to that when I'm drawing because I'll stop and start air drumming. <laughs> See, I I have to listen to uh, shit like Ratatat and uh, Ratatat's Explo my shit explosions when I'm in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yes. Explosions got, yeah. in the sky. If, it, if it's yeah. got words in it, I'll just be like, yeah. and I'll just write the fucking words to the song, and I'm like, Same God here. damn it. Same here. Yeah. What I do is I, I do a lot of, because um, like when you're drawing, there's a lot of, especially if you're inking, there's a lot of mental space that's open. So I ruminate on the next story. Yeah. And, I, and so when it comes time to write, uh, what mood do I need to be in? What instrumental mood, music do I have that puts me in that mood? So yeah. I listen to the same five yeah. minute wordless song for hours and yeah. just crank out a script super fast. I do a lot of the same thing. You'd like to just set the set the tone for yourself in the room that you're in yeah. and then it just starts coming out and, and going. Yeah. What, what's, what's weird is like on a couple of chapters I have to do that while I'm drawing. 
Yeah. So like uh, uh, in book two, when when Lucifer and Michael are fighting, just when it was done, I was so emotionally drained. Like mm-hmm. this is this is huge, big time. Because like I've I've got three brothers, and the times where we are fighting has been just some of the most gut wrenching moments in my life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and yeah. animals as leaders, like I'm so glad this. Like oh boy, like, oh, the metal yeah, yeah. band just for me up here. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I saw them live last. Not this past birthday, but the birthday before that. And I was off in the VIP section, and Jorge came over to me and was, like, doing this number. And I was like, what? He was like, can you give me a fucking beer? Because <laughs> apparently no, none of the stagehands were bringing him anything oh, on stage to drink. And it was ungodly hot in this venue because it was a sold-out crowd. Right. Between the Bear and Me was playing. Wow. So they were playing to a homecoming crowd. Wow. BT Bam. Um, Get at it. So... <laughs> yeah, so I bought more. Wait, Hay between beer. the buried, wasn't that the one that um, Will Goodyear was the drummer on for like the first, for the first album? Yeah, oh, uh, man, first that EP guy. Like when album. I he he taught the drumline at DCU just before I got there, and he disappeared right as I came in as a freshman. And people were telling legends of that guy yeah. for yeah. years. He just decided he wanted to not make music anymore. I, I I don't. Rumor has it, Hopes Falls releasing a new album. So no, he's he started a he plays guitar now. He started a metal band called I want to say Grogue. Uh, dude was going through some shit. Like he 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 divorced. He's got a kid. He was getting. He came back to ECU while I was still there. Is getting his master's in painting. I have been dying to ask him why, mm-hmm. for just ages. Um, okay, going back to your 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 plug. Like when I saw a third of it was one liners. That's really interesting because like um, to me like the the the. the Holy Grail is just coming up with good one-liners because it's just it's this weird, it's it's real this hard. weird haiku yeah. approach to comedy. The yeah. way that comic strips are a haiku approach to comedy. Yeah, you have Can to you boil make down three panels. Everything. Yeah, yeah. like like I yeah. uh, I've got uh, I played the blank tape uh, at full blast one time, and the mime next door went nuts. <laughs> I can't remember who's that. I'm stealing that joke. That's I'm stealing one. it. That's I don't know who good. said that, but just that's in yeah. my back pocket. I'm like, holy shit, that's incredible. Yeah. The people who can just write these yeah. are gods. Yeah, especially when you, like, the, the one-liners that set up for long form always yeah. kill me. Mitch Hedberg. You're like, what's the next line? Oh. Mitch Hedberg will give you his one-liner, and the one it's a string of one-liners all on the same topic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like, I, I used to be in this metal, metal band, and all these other bands had harsh names like Obituary and Mortuary. We weren't that intense. We went with injured. Yeah. <laughs> we changed our name to acapella after we left the pawn shop. It's like two one-liners that could exist independently, and he made both of them, and he made them together. Oh, yeah. damn it. Yeah. Uh, so do you have a pick for our guests? Uh, I've got a pick. I've got I've got uh, three picks because I'm, I'm greedy. I apologize. Uh, pick number one, I just did Shelby Comic Con, and I spent the day next to this guy. His name is uh, J.R. Mounts. Mm-hmm. I'm showing the artwork to my friends here. I've I've been seeing this guy at cons for at least the past three years, maybe four years, and he's he's like me. He loves uh, like the same books. Like we're 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 trading notes. He's also uh, an extroverted guy, and we both locked in our rooms making our comics, and so we're releasing. It's like hey, let's chat, and like much like your conversations with Wharton, we're the same guy. Oh hey, do you read Doug Tenable books? Oh holy shit, he's like one of my favorite graphic novelists. He's, like when you just we start talking form and shit. Anyway, this is like if David Laffin decided to write a story about pickles. Exactly. <laughs> I, need to, I need to look at the cover. The cover. His book is called Fried Pickle Noir, uh, and book one is called The Raw Dill. 
and he his pitch is full of puns and it's just painful and wonderful at the same time it's for adults only excuse me on the cover it says for ripened adults only uh, the main character relishes justice. The, the main character is a walking, talking fried pickle who fights uh, meatheads and corn cobs and whatnot. Uh, and yeah, it's like David Laffham if he wrote about yeah, pickles. Yeah. It's David Laffham if he wrote about pickles. The draftsmanship is not David Laffman. It, it's it's this is a guy who uh, how do I put this? Like he 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 draws because he likes to draw, but it's clearly this is a guy who's treating his drawings like I'm doodling and it's fun to doodle. This is a like an illustrated book, uh, I suppose, like a full-on comic book. Yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit. And just he's got this great head on his shoulders. He's got this great attitude. I'm here to tell jokes, and I hope to God one day somebody from Adult Swim reads this and tells me we want to make this book. Well, Assy McGee fucking happens. So. Yeah, I know. What the fuck was that? <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I'm Tom's gonna. Mouse happened too. So. I, oh man, don't make me lose my mind right Savior. now. I liked Xavier. No, it's fuck Xavier. I tell you what, I was, though, I was smoking a lot of weed. One of then. the great, one of the great unsung shows of Adult Swim died so quickly. Uh, Frisky Dingo. Frisky, Frisky Dingo. Dingo. You mean you mean Archer Junior? Archer, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Archer yeah. Junior. They had the very intertwining, repetitive, very clever humor of like an Arrested Development. It was incredible. Where anyway. one person line would punctuate the next person's yep. yes, yes. and he does that Which thing. Is he does that thing that, that I think um, Ben Edlund of The Tick started, Venture Brothers really galvanized, where they make the faceless henchmen into Real characters yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that have funny jokes. Mm-hmm. They stay equal parts expendable henchmen and funny-ass characters. You can't live with that. They're equal parts expendable and indestructible. Yeah. It's like, why do, you, why do you always pick those same two henchmen? Yeah. I know it's weird, but they've got that perfect blend of indestructible and mm-hmm. expendable. I, yeah. <laughs> if I don't send them, nothing ever gets done. Yeah. Uh, so pick. the pick the pick is Raw Dill by J.R. Mounts. It's book one. There's three books out. Look him up. Pick number two is literally anything by Chris Wharton ever. Yep. Uh, yeah. He had a comic Second called day. Giant, which was awesome. And which it, is it's, great. Uh, it's it's funny because the book itself is a tiny little pocket yep. book size thing. It's I think it's uh, his print run. I think he just sold his last one. It's online as well, guys. Okay, look so him up. Anything at all by Chris Wharton. C H R I S W H A R T O N. Look him up. He is incredible. And last but not least, my buddy Max Miller Dowdle, he and his wife made this book. This is this is some North Carolina history. Uh, one of the um, early Green Berets to the Vietnam War also happened to be this animal lover. So he's out in the bush with, with the uh, Montagnards, and he comes across this, this Vietnamese python, and so he stuffs it in his bag because the Montagnards were like, oh, get that because we eat those. They're delicious. And he's like, no, screw that. This snake is awesome. Don't eat this one. This one stays. <laughs> so, like, he built this tiny little zoo at the base where he and all the other Green Berets were. Uh, and the snake got too big. So he stuffed the snake into a duffel bag, flew to California, flew to North Carolina. Because somebody from North Carolina said, uh, Fort Bragg, where you got your Green Beret training, is just an hour and a half away from Raleigh. And there's a zoo in Raleigh. He gets to Raleigh. There's no zoo. But there's a science museum. And so he is just an army guy with a duffel bag. He walks in. Can I talk to a manager or director? Look, I've got this thing. Opens his bag. And here's this python. (laughs) So the the museum builds this enclosure. They name it George. And it's like a fixture of the museum for many, many years until the snake uh, gets very old, develops uh, mouth cancer, and dies. The um, carcass of this snake is uh, preserved in formaldehyde in the Smithsonian. 
So no shit. Yeah, so there's like a picture. They went to the Smithsonian and they they saw the carcass of the snake, which turns out it's female. George was a girl the whole time, and this full <laughs> yeah this this full grown uh, Vietnamese python, just huge huge animal. So they made this graphic novel. It's incredible. Um, Morrow is uh, uh, Max's wife is also a very accomplished writer. These two people are some of the most interesting, kindest people, warmest people you'll ever meet. Uh, just in addition to wanting to be friends with everybody and being just such kind folk, um, Max uh, studied painting, and he studied painting in a conservatory in Florence, Italy. Like this, this dude from South Carolina. What am I doing with my life? Yeah, right. He's incredible. So like his, his day job. <laughs> is being a professional oil portraits artist and he's incredible and he's got these incredible stories to tell his comics now uh the first two graphic novels i want you to look up shattered with curve of horn he's almost out and when he's out he's not getting them reprinted beautiful full cover hardcover book look him up artagem.com a-r-t-e-g-e-m.com and you can probably order his book from there uh this book that he just came out with the title is escaping me right now uh, no, it's called an unlikely refugee. Uh, the same oh, guy. I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. The same guy who rescued the snake, like rescued tons of animals from the bush. And um, the super interesting story that I want to hear is apparently he also rescued these two orphan girls and adopted them. So when his tour was up and he came home, he was a father to these two little girls, hmm. and that's awesome. Now Max's wife, Morrow, is uh, to my knowledge, she has her uh, MFA in writing. Uh, she's a terrific writer. She is also an Air Force captain. Wow. Yeah. And uh, right now she is a physician's assistant working uh, with psychiatric patients. Yeah. So wow. in addition to that's, being that's nuts. incredibly intelligent, yeah. incredibly talented, and incredibly um, incredibly capable, yeah. uh, she's also just very, very sweet and has a lot of really interesting stories to tell. Yeah, so I bet. They, yeah. they are an incredible husband and wife team. Uh, Unlikely Refugee kickstarted last year. Uh, it's printed than China. The Chinese have a lot of holidays, so it took a while. <laughs> it took a while for the book to make it onto a pallet and onto the states. But look it up; it's incredible. So anything by Chris Wharton and the two books so far put out by Max Miller Dowdle. Uh, these two books was made traditionally the way comics are: they're drawn, they're inked, and they're colored digitally. And he's not doing that anymore. Dude's a professional oil painter. Everything, every comic he's making now is an oil painting. Wow. Jesus. Uh, he did uh, an entry in this um, science fiction anthology mm -hmm. where he tested it out. It's a black and white anthology, so he oil painted in black and white. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I can't that remember the anthology. Cool. Go to his website and look it up. You've got to yeah. see these people. Yeah. And pardon me for being immodest, I've got a Kickstarter at the end of the month where I'm kickstarting an art book. Please look me up and give me a look. Yeah, where, where can people find your Kickstarter page? Uh, it, the art book is called Stuff and Things, so type Which stuff. Which is a great name. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a thing that my wife and I say to each other mm -hmm. when she's like, I, I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, she she's a nurse. She works mostly nights, so mm -hmm. she wakes up at, at weird hours. So she'll wake up. Here's your coffee, and she's being all cute. She's like I need stuff, and I need things. <laughs> so like, ah, eh, here's an art book full of stuff and things. Yeah. So uh, the title of the art book is Stuff and Things. Look that up. Stuff and Things art book, Gabriel Dunstan. Um, yeah, look me up. I would love to draw for you, and I would love for you to pay me to draw for you. That's awesome. Thanks for coming on the show, dude. The yeah, pleasure is all great. mine, yeah. Jalen. Uh, and madam. I guess, I, I guess the only thing that we really have in terms of plugs other than I mean, the Kickstarter thing, 
which we're, we'll talk about more. Yeah, keep an eye out. That's coming down yeah. the pipe. We're going to be at um, Oak, Oak City, City. Comic Con. Big way. Big, big, big Oak City yeah. presence. Uh, when, when is Oak City uh, this year? March 18th and 19th? I think so. I think it's a uh, right. Saturday, second Saturday and Sunday. I, I am just yeah. now having to familiarize um, myself with that date. What, so, they, what they said. Yeah. yeah. Um, March 18th and 19th. So the only other thing is... That's the weekend um, of your birthday? The weekend before my birthday. Oh. So... Bro, we can still get drive. <laughs> uh, the only thing is uh, I can talk a little bit more about um, the book uh, I got picked up uh, for a release by Action Lab and as Woo! you guys have heard today uh, I am indeed working on that book with Christopher Wharton who is going to do pencils, inks, and letters I'm so and, sick and stoked to yeah. see him make comics um, Anthony so Zolo a friend of uh, me and Collins from high school doing the colors um both guys who have been sitting on the rim of the industry for years and not getting nearly enough attention and hopefully now yeah. getting that attention after the book comes out, look forward around October. We will probably more than likely be set up at uh, <laughs> New York Comic Con. Wow. Um, I will let everybody know. Uh, they will be. We, I'm not yeah, not me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah um, but, so cool. Action, um, Action Lab ain't going to fund their name redacted trip. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Action Lab ain't going to fund no Franklin Stein trip. <laughs> Alex, Chris, and Tony <laughs> are going to fund no Franklin Stein trip. <laughs> No, the fuck no, they ain't. <laughs> nope. That, that is that not works. how that shit works. No. I would stow away in Dwanch's trunk. When they arrive, I'd just pop out and be like, well, I mean, I'm here anyway. So <laughs> oh, they're drunk, so it's perfect. Look, Dwanch, buddy, I it's love you. You are a handsome, yeah. handsome man, but you're also a very small man. Scoot yeah. over. There's room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway. Um, dressed very small, man. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, this will... Like I, I, I uh, I'm sorry. The last time I was at NC Comic Con, he's like, uh, yeah, I just turned forty, and that dude doesn't Don't look age. No. That no. dude does not age. No. No. He's like, well, yeah, it's a mixture between. Filipino and and uh, Italian, you know, Asians don't age very much either. And just all of my grease ball skin from the Italian mm. side, apparently, the the olive oil grease that I produce keeps me young. Yeah. No, it's it's actually funny you mention that because one of my friends who is Asian has a very very poignant quote for that, and he says. I'm Asian, meaning I don't age until I do, and then I'm ancient. Yeah. So I'm young forever until I hit 90, and then I look 380. Yeah, so. but like when you're 90, you better look 380. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, this will be, I think, basically the first time that I've actually gotten a chance to um, say anything about the title beyond that I'm, I'm getting it uh, made. Uh, it is an all-ages book. It is called Franklin Stein. And yes, it is exactly what you think it is. It is going to have to do with uh, with a descendant of Dr. Frankenstein. Um, so it is kids' creepy horror kind of thing. Oh, man. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Did you write this just for Chris? Uh, no, oddly <laughs> enough. Because uh, sounds... Sarah convinced me to talk to him about it. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 I fell into two amazing artists, and yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I should just go ahead and pitch it. Um, but yeah. Uh, Chris's concept art looks. Yeah, it's fucking oh, stupid. Oh, amazing. yeah. Um, so like the the sketches he throws away are yeah are great. It's it's yeah. just like it's it's like he's casting down gold leaf into yeah. tar. He's like ah oh, whatever. Uh, so um, <laughs> for those of you who are interested, we are doing a uh, Facebook page for it as well as a Tumblr page. I think uh, keep an eye out because within the next couple weeks you will start seeing character model designs and some some logo designs and some other stuff. So I'm so we're gonna start stoked. giving you stuff. That's gonna be um, so good. Please, if you have any questions about it, let me know. I'm excited for it to come out. Everybody else, 
seems to be very supportive about it, so I don't feel like it's a complete and total uh, nightmare of me feeling like it's just going to flop and fail, um, which is nice to not feel terrified about it. Um, you, you've got a publisher behind you. Somebody else believes in you. <laughs> I'm real good at talking. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for it to come out. Um, and uh, yeah, if anybody wants copies, October. So that's it. Yeah. Hooray! Yeah. Uh, He's doing it. You're uh, doing it. I'm doing it. All my, right. I'm, my, I'm, hold on. I am now full of fear. Um, what is happening? Uh, on, on this is where we fuck you in. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were about to be disappointed, sir. <laughs> uh, on behalf of Gabriel Dunstan, our guest for this week, yes. as well as uh, as uh, Olivia Taylor, our producer, who I would like to hear on mic more often when I listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, You've got smart things to say. Say them. And uh, this has been Name Redacted Podcast. I am Felipe Morrison. <laughs> I can't. You broke me. That's the first time I haven't picked it up. I am off my fucking game today. I'm going to try one more Jesus time. Give it a Christ. second. Calm down. Uh, from Name Redacted Podcast, I'm Felipe Morrison. I'm Tony Gonzalez. And I'm Judas Iscariot. And I'm some fucking guy. Colin, take it. Go out and suck some butts. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>